Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome, everyone, to the Islanders Never Say Die podcast. I'm your host, DJ, and with me again, as always, is our NHL analyst and expert, the grumpy old man. They say there is no shame to his game because he's quite always the same. That's me. Grump, how are you, my friend? Fine. Yourself? Uh, you know, it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. It's true. Say? Wednesday. Series knotted up one-to-one. Yeah, it is knotted up one to one. Um, you know, there's a lot to digest there to it. I, I'm not really shocked with how Pittsburgh came out. I mean, first period, they looked like they had their hair on fire. I mean, rightfully so. I, you know, we talked about it last podcast and episode. If Pittsburgh were to drop that second game, you know, at home to the Islanders, I, I thought they would have been walked over. So it didn't shock me at all that they came out with real purpose and gusto on Wednesday's game. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think it's a combination of them coming out uh, hot and us just not being ready to play. Both games, really. I'm not, I'm, I'm just kind of baffled why we're coming out so flat in these games. Oh, well, I think that's one of those items we'll kind of have to, to glance at a little more uh, as things continue to transpire. Um, you know, as bad of a first period as it was, and it was not a good first period for the Islanders. I thought we bounced back. I thought we had a good second period and a pretty decent third period too. We had chances. It was kind of, you know, fought hard, uh, hard fought game there. Um, definitely a gaffe by uh, Varlamov. Uh, I guess, was it the first shot on that or the second shot on that? I don't know. It was one of the early shots in the first period. Um, but after letting in that really weak goal, I mean, he really settled in and did his job in that. Well, he didn't do his job because he gave up a weak goal to start the game off. So that's not doing your job. I, you know, we won't I, jump into it. Uh, I'll let you, Grump. I don't want to get you on a tangent before we have to go ahead and. Read it wasn't going to be a tangent. It was going to be a rant based on what you just said. But if you don't want to get me started because you want to butcher some ad, go right ahead. <laughs> yeah, let me go ahead. Let me go ahead and uh, try to translate this ad. On uh, on the on the podcast here, Grump. Um, this ad is from DraftKings. It's playoff time. Big stakes, bigger promotions. Everyday basketball playoffs. DraftKings uh, will have twenty thousand dollars in total prizes up for grabs. The best part is it's free to get your shot at these daily cash prizes. DraftKings will be offering two free uh, two free to play pools every day. In the NBA playoffs, offering players a free shot at twenty thousand dollars in total prizes. Uh, DraftKings is free to play. F- free to play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, 
and go to pools and choose from the wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during the day's basketball games and track your results throughout the evening. Uh, questions will range from which team will have the most freeze, threes to which team will score first. Uh, DraftKings is safe and secure and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use the promo code THPN during sign-up to get your free shot at $20,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs, uh, NBA playoffs. Uh, head to the DraftKings Pools page and get your free shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details, Grumpy. Well, that's fantastic. You only messed up, I don't know, twice. Hey, I'm telling you. I, you know, today, they, you know, last week on Saturday, or was it, I guess Sunday, they sent it to me in... Uh, they sent it to me in French. This day was in Arabic, so I, I did a little bit of a better job trying to go ahead and uh, decipher that as we were reading the ad live. Grumpy. If they want you to read the draft, if they wanted you to read the ad correctly, they should write it in crayon. <laughs> they have to write it in crayon, and they have to mail it to me. They should just have somebody else do it. <laughs> Honestly, if they want it done correctly. They should have somebody else do it. I, I I wouldn't be opposed to that at all, grumpy old man. Okay. Well, all right. Let's get right to it. What yeah. do we want to talk about first? Do we want to talk well, about – I want you to pick up where you left off. You, you said, okay. hey, I, mean, I thought Varlamov, besides that weak goal he let in at the beginning, I thought he did a really good job of settling back in. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. And I, despite a weak goal at the beginning of the game, I think he more than made up for it with the consistency we saw throughout the remainder of the game. Yeah, but as we've seen the first two games, you give up a weak goal, you're going to lose. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, Pittsburgh has outscored us 4-2 to two, uh, in these first couple of games. Uh, the weak goal by Varlamov, they don't get credit for that. And the three weak goals that Jari gave up the game before, the Islanders don't get credit for that. Uh, the good thing is – Hold on, uh, hold on, stop. we got to do a full stop. You said they're not going to get credit for what you deem as weak goals. Come on, Grumpy. Yeah, when you give up a goals like that, that's those, those those are routine saves. Every one of those goals that got scored, those three goals by uh, Jari gave up the other day, not the second Palmieri goal, but the other three were weak goals. And the Varlamov goal yesterday, the first one, uh, was a weakie as well. So, you know, I'm just saying. They, they were. They were. They were weak goals. Goals a goal's a goal. I'm sorry. You're not going to sell me on this point, Crumpy. A goal's a goal's a goal. I'm just saying that we're lucky that uh, Tristan Jari had probably went to draft games and put money on the Islanders in game one. You call draft kings? Draft Whatever. kings, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Draft kings. Yeah, we got it. Yeah, um, yeah but Grumpy, oh, man, oh, man. So you, I'll, I don't want to derail you. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm saying he threw the first game with that hideous displaying goal. That's what I'm saying. Okay, continue. And, uh, and Varlamov, I just – for me, yesterday, right, he always – Trotz always says, well, you know, we're going to play the hot goalie, right? Whoever's the hottest, we're going to play. Sorokin was on fire uh, game one. And to me, you win that game, you're playing with house money. Why not roll Sorokin back out there? I mean, Varlamov has not played well against Pittsburgh this season. 
And Sorokin, he had one bad game, but otherwise he's been really, really good against them. I would have went right back out there with Sorokin again. He didn't, and I'm going to say it cost us because that first goal, that first goal sets the tone for the game. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm just reacting. You continue talking. I, I want to cut you off because I've got a few comments to make on that, Chrome. And the second one was not his fault. Um but the first goal, I mean, my gosh, that's about as weak a goal as you can absolutely ever see. It was terrible. I don't know how he missed it, honestly. What is it? From the blue line, straight on, and he just whiffed on it. I mean, you can't do that. I'm sorry. But Jeff Carter, right, 40 goals in his uh, NHL playoff career. Nice pickup for them. I thought he's been one of their better players first two games. I do think Jeff Carter has looked – I thought he's looked good. Uh, that being said, Varlamov is not the reason we lost that game last night, Grumpy. Come on. Let, let's be fair and honest. Varlamov had nothing to do with the reason we lost that game. And you mentioned, hey, Varlamov has struggled this year against the Penguins. That is 100% correct. Varlamov has struggled this year against the Penguins. Look at the regular season, right? Seven games played, one win, three losses, two overtime losses. A goals against average of a 286 and a save percentage of an 897 for a guy who is averaging like a, a you know the high you know 9.2s or a 0.92 save percentage. So again, he has struggled against Pittsburgh, you know, albeit for a multitude of reasons, play around him, you know, maybe his mistakes. Barlamov is not the reason we lost that game though last night. He let in a weak goal. If you as a goalie let in two goals after facing 42 shots, I'm happy with your performance, even though, albeit, the first goal was extremely weak. I'm sure you or I could have made that save, Grump. Uh, just go ahead and st strap some skates to you. Uh, I mean, again, it was kind of a little screen there a little bit, but still, that's that's a that's a save for all of need to make. Yeah, and there was no screen. He just missed it. I couldn't believe it, honestly. And here's the thing. They had a human sieve on the other side who they put 39 shots on goal against. He stopped 38 somehow. Uh you know, I mean, that says more about our offense than anything else. Uh, but they made Tristan Jari look like a good goaltender yesterday. Okay. Well, the Islanders have the ability to do that. They make goalies look good. So, you are you really trying to blame them? Seriously, Rolimov for a loss yesterday? I'm just, I'm just kind of baffled why he didn't roll back with Sorokin, considering how well he played the day before. Or two days, two days earlier, I'm just surprised. Like I said, you're playing with house money. You know he wants to go with Varlamov, right? He's the number one guy. I don't think it makes a, a difference. Not a hill of beans. Who's in there in goal? I think Sorokin is a better goaltender uh, and can make saves that Varlamov cannot. Uh, and he proved that in the first game. If Varlamov was in goal in game one, we lose that game. Uh, that those are just facts. Well, I can tell you, he, what made, he made saves that Varlamov can't make. If Arlamov was in net game one, there's no way he would have made that outstanding save that Sorokin did sprawling back there to get crossed. Again, both goalies have different styles and different strengths and weaknesses. That being said, I get the point, right? They even mentioned it there on the broadcast yesterday. Uh, kind of shocked that Sorokin didn't get to see action again. Um, I will say this. Varlamov again, I will make my statement as clear as day, was not the reason for that loss. Our inability to score sure as hell didn't help. And guess what, grumpy old man? 
How freaking bad has Nick Letty looked so far these playoffs? I mean, we talked about it towards the tail end of the season. looks like he completely fell off the rails. And these playoffs, these last two games in the playoffs, holy crap, he's looking miserable. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know what you're expecting. I mean, you're expecting him to get better. I just I just don't see it. I, I mean, it is it, it kind of is what it is. But I'm gonna look, I'm gonna take the positive bet. We came out of Pittsburgh. What did you want to have happen in Pittsburgh? You wanted to win one game. We won that. Okay. And I thought we actually played better yesterday than we did game one. Um, that said, our inability to score, which has been a problem all year and looks like it's going to continue to be a problem. I mean, they've just shut down the first line. You we'll, leave talk, we'll talk about the first line because we we've got to talk about it. We've got to talk about the uh, you know the lack of production out of the first line, including Matt B, including Jordan Eberle, Leo Kamoff. We got we're going to talk about that. I don't want to jump the gun a little bit, but I'm sorry. Continue, Grump. I just don't want to preemptively launch ourselves onto that point. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm just like I said. I'm like, I'm taking a positive bent on yeah. the series right now. I just am. Now we're going to have to come out and play. I just, Again, I just don't understand why we come out flat or where – I mean, this is a team of veterans. This is a team of vets. This is not a young team where you see up and down play or you shouldn't. This is an older team that knows what they need to do. It's not like we're electrifying. If you watch the other series, I mean, my gosh, you watch some of these other teams, man, can they play? And then you look at us, it's like a slog. And But when you're playing a slog game, you should be able to – duplicate that all the time. And we're just not with the last two games we've come out and just let uh, Pittsburgh just dominate us in the first period. Dominate us. Yeah. Well, it, there's a lot to, there's a lot to break down. Um, we had, it is always concerning when you have a veteran laden team where you come out flat, never understood it. Uh, you know, the first two games we have done that. You're right. This is a positive situation though. If you would have told me heading into this series, we would win one away game. In Pittsburgh, I would be happy with that result at one on one. Certainly, I'd be happy with the result, and I am happy with the result. We're not going to win every single series four to zero. It is worth taking that into account. There are some fans who want to win every series four to zero, just not realistic to expect that. Um, you know, what we can look for though is where we've seen play consistently falter based off of last year's performance, and where we've seen play looked really good, you know, even though. We did have some uh, some actors out there last night who didn't have a great game. I think some players did a really good job yesterday. One player in particular, Grumpy, I made sure to tweet about it, the $6 million man. I thought Matt Martin had a good game last night. Again, he's a fourth liner, so I know people are like, oh, he's a fourth liner. Who cares? You know, He's just a fourth liner. I think Matt Martin had a good game last night. Um, he was okay. There's his good game for the playoffs. He got it out of the way early. Well, he usually plays well in the playoffs. Remember, he, what, he had five goals last year in the playoffs? Okay, so one year he scored five goals in the playoffs. He's not usually good in the playoffs. He's a fourth-line guy. I mean, uh, last year he put lightning in a bottle. Last year was lightning in a bottle for him. Yeah, I don't disagree. I'm just saying I thought he played well last night. I thought I saw a little bit of the energy that we hadn't seen there in the past. But what do the Islanders need to do going forward? I mean, I think that's a bigger question, right? We need to uh, – we cannot get in a running gun game with Pittsburgh. You just, you're not going to win that game. You're not. I don't care how good your goalies are. Like I said, game one, 
if Jari doesn't poop the bed, we lose that game going away. I mean, and Sorokin made so many incredible stops. I mean, that game could have been six to one easy, easy. And we need to slow the game down. We need to play Islander hockey and just muck it up. That we need to do that. We cannot let them get 45, 50 shots a game. You're not going. We're not going to. We are not going to win like that. Here, here it is too, right? They mentioned on the, on the telecast as well. But Islanders have to play their style, as you just mentioned, grumpy old man. And they even pointed out, hey, they are running. They're playing Pittsburgh style. Ladies and gentlemen, our team does not have the ability to be malleable and flexible. where We can play any team style and win. We have to play our style in order to win. And last night, you know, it was a track meet. And that is not something that favors the New York Islanders. Um, I thought Matt Martin uh, had a really good game last night. Guess what? Also, grumpy old man. What? There was a certain member of the Islanders who had a highlight reel-esque play last night. Did you happen to catch that, Grump? Josh Bailey had a great goal yesterday. Real, it was really not his thing. Really nice goal. I mean, they were playing him to make a pass because they never thought he was going to shoot. That's a, he faked Jeff Carter right out of his socks because he's like, okay, he's on his. He's going to definitely make a pass from there, and whoop, and he shoots it. I Here mean, it is too, right? He's got the defender. Matheson, who completely hope he's he's defending the pass, turns his back, spins around, and leaves that wide open slot for Josh Bailey. He puts it on the backhand, gets it high glove side again. Again, there's nothing that Jari could have done in order to stop that. But I'm just saying that was a great play from Josh Bailey. Created that play himself as well, might I add. You don't see stuff like that very often out of Josh Bailey. When you do, it's worth noting and highlighting. Because, again, that's a play where if it's Matt Barzal or any other member of this team, we're saying the same exact thing. That's an outstanding play from start to finish by Josh Bailey. Blind squirrel, meat nut. Come on, Grump. Give him some credit. Give him some. I did. I did. I said it was an excellent goal. Did I not? And here's the thing. Nobody goes after him, though. Look at look at Latang is still playing the pass with the guy right there in the slot. Look, he doesn't go after him. Nobody well, goes after him. Latang has to respect their Bavillier as well as the other forward who's crashing in the zone. I don't, so I don't think he's left between a rock and a hard space. Obviously, the mistakes made by Carter and Matheson. Who get- I think I think it's the fact that he's knows that Josh Bailey always passes the puck. That's and that's his right, and it benefited him here. It really did. And to Josh Bailey's credit, he took that shot. And where did it score? Whoops, right over the glove side. There's another one. Once again, same spot, Tristan Jari. And here's the thing, good shot, deserved to score the goal. But where are they shooting? They're shooting at the glove hand on this guy. That's that's the that's the book on him. Shoot high glove. And, I mean, it's working for us so far. Every goal has been scored at the same spot, every single goal. Well, I mean, I don't blame him either, right? I mean, like that, that's the MO, man. Target that. And, uh, you know, I thought that was an excellent play by by Josh Bailey. Um, a great start to finish play. Can't say enough and speak enough highly about that. Um, there are positives to take from last night's game. There certainly were. Think about it, right? Our defense has been so hideous at times, and we're still holding the Penguins to two goals a night. And we're still holding him to minimal goals on a nightly on a night in night at basis. That is something positive to take in effect. We talked about how Nick Letty looks gas, tired, lazy, you know, I'll, whatever you want to go ahead and use to describe his play. Um, ugh, I thought 
Pulak and Pellick didn't have a great night. And the same thing with Dobson. Dobson was turning over the puck just like Letty. I was like, holy crap. They're both turning over the puck left and right out there on the ice last night. Okay. Let's maybe, just maybe, give a little bit of credit to Pittsburgh. They're one of the best scoring teams in the game. All right. That's their game. Those teams give us problems. Why? Because they're aggressive on the forecheck and they have speed on the attack. And here's the thing. I'm not saying our defense is looking great. you got to remember, we're going up against a really talented offensive team. Let's give them a little bit of credit. I'm going to tell you what. As much as I hate her, Cindy Crosby has really looked good out there. I mean, not scoring a whole lot of points, but just the little things that she does are really, I mean, just really impressive. I, I tell you. And they haven't even gotten Malcolm back yet. I mean, you got to figure at some point in time he's going to be back in the series. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He will be back in a series, you know, uh, probably sooner rather than later. I will give Pittsburgh credit. Pittsburgh is a great offensive team. But when I see our our defensemen just losing the handle on the puck when they get like any type of pressure put their way, it's not reassuring to see from a team that usually prides himself on defensive structure and smart defensive plays and not playing around with it too much in their own zone. That like think about that, right? Those are games last night where we did that a lot, and we still were competitive. We were still in the game. That was not the best game the Outers can play. Right. Yeah, but, okay, again, you know, you say, well, you know, they're they're being rushed with the puck. They're not making great passes when they're getting pressured. It's just like quarterbacks, right? You, you put a whole lot of pressure on the quarterback. They're not going to be as good as they can because they're getting rushed. And the same thing is, is true with the defenseman. And remember – it's a relentless forechecking attack that Pittsburgh has. I mean, they're not laying back. They're coming at us hard all the time. That's their game. We're playing their game, which leads to errors and leads to mistakes. Our goaltending has bailed us out, except for Barmov yesterday, giving yeah. up that weekie. Uh, our goaltending has been stellar this season, so this playoff series so far. Grumpy, you're already running out of breath, and we're only 20 minutes into the podcast, my friend. I don't know what you I wasn't doing. running out of breath. I had a little hiccup, and I had to disguise it, and no one would even notice except you got to bring it up because you're the way you are. <laughs> it just sounds like you're going out of breath, my friend. No, I had a hiccup. Okay, fair enough, Grumpy. Um, yeah, it's uh, going in to tomorrow's game on Thursday. I think – the energy's got to be there. The The biggest takeaway I'm looking for tomorrow is right off the drop of the puck, I need to see the Islanders' energy level and compete level. Where I saw Pittsburgh's compete level, you know, for period one of, you know, yesterday's game. I, I need to see the compete level. I can't see us out there like we're slogging through it. Oh, we're just, you know, existing throughout this game. we got to see the compete level. We have to also see the Islanders play our style of game. Play it like we're the vampires of the NHL. Slow everything down, frustrate other teams, and when you have those opportunities to hit them on a counterattack, that's when you have to capitalize. When we don't play that style, it's usually more difficult for us to win. Yeah, I don't know how many fans are letting in the building tomorrow, but I, I will say a little, a little over fifty percent. Okay, okay. Well, that's I think, that's, a little, I, think I think the last thing I saw I think is a little over fifty percent. Well, that's going to benefit us. I, I really, I mean, I think this team feeds off of the home crowd. I really do. I think it helped Pittsburgh last night where game one, there was virtually no one there. And I think they had 50% there in Pittsburgh. 
So, I mean, I think that'll help us, but you're right. We need to, we cannot come out and play so passive in the first period like we did the last two games. We need to jump on Pittsburgh, right? If we go up a couple of goals, I think Pittsburgh goes away tomorrow. But that that's the key. We cannot continue to go down uh, and get outplayed in the first period. I mean, it just just can't let it happen. Uh, just can't have it happen. You talk also about reassuring items. The Islanders are not a team. When you, we go down two or even three goals, yikes. The likelihood uh, – or the uh, the confidence I have in us being able to mount a comeback, being down two to three goals, pretty slim. Um, you know, the, we were down two goals. We chipped away there at the lead. We had chances. We had opportunities. And you know, a few bounces go our way. That's a completely different. That's a completely different game and a completely different outlay. Um, well, you could say the same thing about every game, really. But I mean, really think about it. Out of the would you say that we pretty much been outplayed two thirds of the game so far, both games? I think Pittsburgh, the first game, outplayed us the first two periods, and even yesterday, maybe a period and a half, we got better after Bailey's goal. But I mean, Pittsburgh was just so dominant early on, uh, and then we kind of settled in in the third. But you know, kind of is what it is. But I mean, Pittsburgh has outplayed us so far in these two games. They, I think, they have. Particularly when it counted at the beginning to up goals. Well, well, here's the thing, right? They've had home games. You've got to take home. You've got to try to win every single home game. And this is the thing, right? In the Islanders scenario, we had one of the best records at home in the NHL this season. If you're able to win one of those away games, just take one, and you're able to close out your games at home, you're in a good situation. You're winning series left and right. So that's the biggest portion, right? We have to always focus on take one on the road and then focus on battening down the hatches and making sure you're finishing there at the Coliseum. Yeah. I mean, if if we play our game and we're able – and especially the fans are so important. If they can get more people in the stands, I think that bodes well for us going forward. Uh, like I said, but the key is to come out and play a steady game right from the get-go. Don't let Pittsburgh feel that they're in the game. I mean, it's so hard to come back. It's so hard. We did it in game one, and we couldn't get it done yesterday. But, you know, it kind of is what it is. I mean, you know, but the thing I worry about, I've been watching some of the other games around the league. I don't think the Eastern Conference is that great. Elaborate a more on that. Huh? Elaborate a little more on that. I'm watching the games, uh, the, the Florida series, the uh, – Colorado, my in Colorado's freaking good. Um, both the Florida teams are good. Uh, Carolina's really good. Vegas, my gosh, these teams can all freaking skate and hit. They just look way better than anybody in the East. How, now, what's making you downgrade the Eastern, <laughs> the Eastern Division, my friend? I mean, the. Have you been watching much of the? Have you been watching much of our game? Looking at it with again, remember, I it's I think it's easy for you to look at our game and say I know all the flaws this team has because I watch them every single night. When you're looking at these new teams that you haven't seen, I mean, like look, we've we've played these Eastern Division teams here, you know, eight times already this year. You know the flaws, you know their strengths. When you're watching these other games, unless you're watching them all the time, if you're not as familiar with them, I think maybe uh, recent. I wouldn't call it recency bias, but I just think that hey, you know, what I mean, you don't really know all the nuances and in, uh, in disadvantages of their game. I think it might have something to do with the grump. 
because I'm not downgrading what the Eastern Conference or what the Eastern Division has right now. I'm just saying the level of play is up here compared to the East. Uh, way up here. Way up here. And Tampa, let me tell you something. I'm impressed with – I mean, we know Tampa came in third in that division. Uh, my God, they're incredible. They're incre- And here's the thing. Florida is really good. Really good. We wouldn't be – I'm telling you what. We wouldn't be either one of those two teams. I was less impressed with Carolina, honestly, than those two teams. And Colorado's a freaking juggernaut. I mean, they won the President's Trophy this year. And Vegas, I mean, hopefully they get that Minnesota monkey off their back. I mean, they only beat them once. But Flurry's been on fire. Talbot, the goalie for Minnesota, has been spectacular. And uh, Tuck scored two goals yesterday. So now that series is knotted up. But I'll tell you what, those teams both play playoff hockey, and they're big and they're physical. Oh, shit. You know, Grump, I think the only thing that's going to wake you up to a majority of these teams are all pretty much neck and neck, and the Eastern Division is a really talented division, is when you start to see the results at the end. Okay. When you're watching the Tampa Bay Lightning, you're watching the best team in all of hockey. So uh, here you go, right? I'm not comparing them and saying every team is like Tampa in their division. And every team is like, you know, the Vegas Golden Knights. Remember, the Vegas Golden Knights have struggled mightily this year against the Wild. So there's no surprise there that they've been, you know, playing really tight hockey. Yeah, I don't know. Nobody else. They ain't struggling. That's only Minnesota's the team they only struggle against. So nobody it's matchup based. Matchup based. Okay. But I'm saying Florida is giving uh, Tampa Bay all they can handle. Those teams can, they, they can really they, skate Tampa and they Tampa's hit. Up two nothing. Tampa's up 2 nothing and played both games at Florida. So your definition of giving them everything they can handle is a lot different than mine. Because if they go home and win their two games, Florida's out of the playoffs. Did you watch? Did you watch either one of those games? I watched the game yesterday that went into overtime. Again, game, you know, that, Tampa, 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 I'm sorry, didn't go to overtime. It was a four-three regulation win. That was two games ago, and that game was unbelievable. It was five-four, and yesterday was three to one. They scored right at the end. But the whole thing is that those you ask anybody. That that first uh, Tampa Florida game is was an instant classic. It was unbelievable. Tampa, You're never yeah, see good Tampa, Tampa, like Tampa yesterday was up two nothing for the majority of the game. When it was two to one after two. Okay, so for the first period and the majority of the second period, they're up two nothing. Had a commanding lead. They had to no, lose the entire it, game just about. It was two to one midway through the game, and Florida was pouring on. Vasilevsky was outstanding, and they played rock solid defense, which is to me. If you're going to beat Tampa, they have to be a little bit lax defensively. They were rock solid uh, in that whole third period. It, I mean, it was a master class by them. I'm just saying that these other teams have skill as well as everything else. I'm just saying that. And I just don't see that out of the Eastern teams. I don't. Oh, my God. I mean, here's, here's a hot take. You and, I, rooting, I do not, you and I do not agree on that point at all. That's fine. I'm rooting for Washington over Boston. Because the officiating has been horrific. Just horrific. Well, let's talk about the officiating. Holy crap, I'll tell you. The NHL playoff officials are a disgrace to the sport of hockey. A disgrace. And it's not just the Islanders game. It's across the league, grumpy old man. Yeah. I mean, you have... Real quick before you get on it. Why do you always cap your drink up? You just leave it uncapped like me, my friend. I know you always cap it up, and I've always wondered why. 
That's why you knock your drink all over everything and ruin everything. I don't have that. I don't <laughs> do that anywhere. I just, a professional. Been, we've been doing this podcast now for on live stream for a little over a year. And I've always wondered, I'm like, why you always caps it back up? I don't know. So this way, if a drink gets knocked over, I don't have to worry about it spilling anywhere. Maybe when you get a little bit older and the back of your head starts hardening up a little bit, you'll be able to realize that, you know, hey, if you knock something over, you're probably going to spill it or break something. I bet when you were a kid, you were knocking stuff all over the place, making a mess. Here's, here's my question. What are you planning on doing to knock it off, knock, knock it all over the place, Chrome? Don't worry about well, how I do, drink. You can invest in this solid, this very, very solid water ball right here you don't have to worry about even knocking this over you have to punch it over it's so heavy grumpy old man it's almost like a curl every time i lift it up it's the islanders jug you know i also don't have to worry about going to the bathroom during the middle of the podcast because yes. i drink so much because i can't control myself i think last yesterday's podcast or less or uh, i guess it was sunday night's podcast i think i had to go to the bathroom twice during You're the podcast embarrassing. it's embarrassing catheterize yourself before the podcast <laughs> though, right? i gotta say i gotta it, it's it's at least twice during the podcast, I think, last. Oh, my gosh. It was sad. Anyway, I'm sorry. I don't want to tell you. A quick aside, but. Yeah, I don't know what I was talking about after you went through this out here. Who knows? It was. I'm sure it was a brilliant point that you just stopped because it makes you look bad, makes you look uh, inferior to me. And so you figure I'm going to cut off his intelligence by saying something stupid about the way he caps his drink. Uh, we were talking about the officials, how they're a disgrace to the sport of hockey. Playoff yeah, is a disgrace to the sport of hockey. It gets worse and worse in the playoffs all the time. I mean, okay, it's obvious the referees have it out for Tom Wilson. A guy definitely tripped him, definitely tripped him, and he fell down, and they called the two-minute tripping and two-minute embellishment. Okay, if the guy was tripped, how is it embellishment, first of all? And he was certainly – he was absolutely tripped. And But the worst one was – you had uh, Anthony Mantha. I keep on wanting to call him Mo Mantha. Anthony Mantha was mixing up with that uh, that big beat uh, Brad Marchant behind the net. You know, he was starting his garbage. And then it, it's broken up. The refs said, okay, they'd stopped it. No penalty was getting called. The referee gets between them, and Marchant grabs the official, reaches around with his stick, and hooks like Dr. Hook, uh, Captain Hook, Tim McCracken from Slapshot hooked him right around the neck, and the referee sends both guys off. I'm like, okay, so he gets the hooking penalty, and what does Mantha get? Almost getting his eye poked out, almost getting his neck wrung. I mean, how do you how do you make that call? You want to know how you stop those? You just call the one guy. You don't send both off because it just escalates. Well, I want to talk about something that's applicable to the Islanders regarding the bad officiating. And again, not the reason we lost this game um, because again, we we have no power play threat right now. Uh, we're going to talk about that too. Um, Oliver Wallstrom was called for a roughing penalty yesterday. He had three penalties first off three Myers, uh, but he was the second one was a roughing penalty because it looked like he just finished a check and he hit Latang, and they just, it was one of the softest, weakest playoff calls I've ever seen. And I just think to myself, all the crap they let go, the hooking, the grabbing, the clutching, and this guy finishes a check, and you're going to call him for roughing? That's sure, the big argument. Maybe it was up towards maybe it was up towards the head. But, I mean, like he hits him in his shoulder, and he kind of rides up a little bit because Latang's ducking. And it wasn't even violent. It was a 
was like an inadvertent brush almost. I mean, like, hell, the people who inadvertently collide come out much worse than that. It was like, it was just like a brush. And I was just thinking to myself, I'm like, this is a two minute minor. With all the stuff that they let go in front of the net, the cross checking, I mean, the tripping, the hooking, the holding, all that stuff. And then they call something like that that might not even be a penalty in the regular season. I just don't understand it. If you're going to call it, call it the way you call it in the regular season, or don't call anything, make it Deathmatch 2000 or Deathmatch 3000. Just make it that. Anything goes. Rollerball. Just let, let that be the way it goes. Well, uh, Deathmatch, my goodness gracious, Grumpy. You're bringing so the back. Houston team against the New York team in the last round uh, of Rollerball with James Kahn, Jonathan A. Well, Send him out there. To, prov to provide some context here, for those who didn't get a chance to see this horrific penalty, just take you a glance at this. He dumps the puck. He just puts his hands up and hits him in the shoulder. And he gets a penalty for that roughing. Are I you kidding Roughing? I thought you were going to show rollerball. No, I'm not showing rollerball, Grump. I'm showing what they called a roughing penalty on us. They, they certainly uh, got away with a lot more in rollerball. I can tell you that. I, I guarantee you they got a lot away with a lot more in rollerball, Grump. But the officiating has just been hideous. Well, and, the whole thing was that Latang initiates the contact. I, I mean, he's trying to prevent him from dumping the puck in the zone. He, oh, here he goes. He just kind of he was ready to hit him, but you know, Wallstrom kind of slows up, just puts his arms up because he doesn't want to collide, and he gets a two minute roughing penalty. Well, you know something. Here's what Wallstrom's going to learn next time Latang does that. You cross-check him right in the mouth and knock all his teeth down his throat, and then he won't charge you so hard anymore. You want to get two minutes? I'll take two minutes for knocking every single tooth that you have right down your throat. Then next time you won't skate at me like that, and that's how you do it. That's how they did in the old days. You want to come charging? Get ready for the stick coming up in your face. That's the way it should be. Knock his teeth out. He won't be He won't be doing that. Then you'll get a two-minute roughing penalty. He won't have any more teeth, and he'll have to sit out uh, some of the period. No, that's what I want to see. Oh, Grumpy, that was a funny little that's a funny little bit by you, Grump. Uh, yeah, the officiating hasn't been great um, by any stretch of the imagination. Going into game three, though, Grump, what do you expect? I expect us to come out uh, with much more enthusiasm to start the game. I, I think we're going to win. Uh, like I said, mission accomplished in Pittsburgh, winning game one. I think if we would have played Sorokin, we would have won game two. And then the season would uh, the series would have been totally in our grasp. I, I just feel like that. I'm I'm just a guy who wants to roll with the hot goalie, and he was really really good. I don't care that Varlamov is the number one goalie. You were playing with house money, like I said earlier. Ride it with Sorokin again. Then if you want to come back with Varlamov in Game Three, fine. It didn't matter. You had already accomplished your goal. Why not see if you could pick one up with the momentum that Sorokin had because he was spectacular in Game One. I. Don't disagree with again who we should have started. You know, albeit it didn't cost us the game, it didn't force us to lose. Um, going into game three, I do have a very optimistic outlook. And the funny thing is, right? People uh, brand you, grumpy old man, as the Islanders can never do well. The Islanders are destined there for. Uh, for being ineffective, they'll never do it. Again, you usually have predictions like that where you don't think they're a Stanley Cup competitor, but right here, right, you think the Islanders are in the driver's seat here of this series. Yeah, well, if, we come, if, 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 we come out, if we come out and play our game, I don't think Pittsburgh can beat us. 
their goaltending is bad. That's a huge edge for us. I mean, I don't care the Jari what he did yesterday. I mean, he still struggles with anything to the glove side. I mean, if we had some snipers on that team, watch out. Now, let me give credit to Pittsburgh's defense, too. Our uh, offense has not been great, but, I mean, they've been shutting Barzell down. They're just putting two guys on him. Every time he touches the puck, they got two guys on him. They're playing, we're playing a winger short with Komarov out there, so it's really not even a risk for them. That's the other point I want to talk about. Matt Barzal has been rendered ineffective the first two games, and he's looked like a shell of what we usually see out of Matt Barzal. The reasoning, I think, being, as you pointed out, they're just they're just keying in on Matt Barzal. You know, it's also looked like a shell, Jordan Eberle and Leo Komarov, ladies and gentlemen. So, you know, I see a lot of blame going directly towards Matt Barzal. Here's here's the thing: nobody on the first line is excelling. Nobody. There's a reason yeah. for that. Yeah, here's the reason. Leo Komarov's on the first line. This is the playoffs. This isn't Buffalo. This isn't the Rangers. This isn't the Devils you're playing. These are playoff teams, okay? And guess what? He's exposed. So you, in essence, what's happening, the first man is already playing a man short, and then they're putting two guys on Barzell. I don't know what you expect from him. But if you're going to continue to skate Leo Komarov on that line, don't expect Matt Barzell to do anything. He's a wasteoid on that line. I don't care that he kills penalties. I don't. I could care less. The first line's job is to score goals. It, I don't care that they don't give up goals. I don't care. They're just playing to get to the next shift. And you look at it. Barzell just chipping, chipping, and peeling back. He, he Barry Trotz has gotten to him. He probably said, guess what, Barzy? You're not going to play if your line gives up a goal. Just dump it in. That's all we want. Matt Barzell, Matt Barzell, if your line gives up a goal, you're going to be benched next game. Just you. Not Kami, not Lollipop. No, Lollipop, Lollipop gets benched too. That being Lollipop said. Lollipop is not getting benched in this series. Like I said, put somebody who can – make it a full line. You want your, your first line to score? Actually put three guys on there who are capable of scoring. I'll tell you. I got to stop you though when you said, I don't care. You know, Killing off the penalties aren't that important. Isn't that important? Our penalty kill has been outstanding, and it's been one of the things that I think prevents Pittsburgh from – from really being able to separate from us. Our penalty kill being so steadfast uh, has really helped us out. Again, Pittsburgh had one of the top five power plays in the NHL here this season. And our power play, or our penalty kill has done a great job all season long, especially as of late, and has done an excellent job in this series. Uh, us shutting their power play unit down has kept us in games too. Because they score a power play goal or two, I mean, like it's unattainable. Because our, our special teams unit is not producing. Our power play unit is not producing at the moment. It's not like we can go ahead and take advantage of, you know, a, a five on or you know, a five on four or a six on four at the end of games because our power play unit just has been rendered ineffective. It has been like that for a while too. So our penalty kill, at least being unbelievably good as of late, has helped us out. Okay. How many guys on this team play the penalty kill on a, a consistent basis? Okay. Then that then you don't need Leo Komarov. That's my point. You don't need him. We need what? What's the one thing we cannot do? We cannot score goals. You want to keep on rolling out this garbage and playing it on the first line? Don't complain when Matt Garzell doesn't play. When Pittsburgh is just two or three guys on him every time he touches the puck. I don't know what you expect. I know the morons out there say something like, "Well, the Gretzky was able to do it, and this guy was able to do it." They had wingers playing with him. 
He wasn't playing with me and TJ on the outside. They're playing with NHL wingers. Okay? And yes, hold I'm better than Leo Komarov. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You said me and TJ. That's which right. one is Leo Komarov and which one's Jordan Eberle out of this comparison? You're Komarov. Am I Jordan Eberle and you're Leo Komarov? It doesn't matter. We're both better than Komarov. He's a, he's a liability. He's an offensive liability. He's an offensive liability. That's what he is. That line, he does nothing offensively. They don't, they don't even they don't even cover him. He stands in front of the net. Nobody really marks up on him. I mean, they two guys, Barzell touches that puck. He's got two with another guy trailing. That's that is their say, you know what? Let somebody else beat us. That's what that's what Mike Sullivan's saying. We're gonna make somebody else on the Islanders beat us. You know how you stop that? You put Wallstrom on that first line. That's how you do it. You put somebody who can actually shoot the puck. Put somebody who's not afraid to shoot the puck. Somebody can actually enter the offensive zone in tandem with the other guys as opposed to somebody who's hanging back 20, 30 feet. Well, I've got a theory, right? You say, hey, let's throw Oliver Wallstrom there on the first line. He had six minutes in penalties, three minor penalties yesterday. We just went ahead and showed you know, the hideous roughing call. The only conclusion I have and theory I have as to why Oliver Wallstrom is getting unjust penalties called against him. Is he must have taken one of those referees' daughters out on a date and it didn't go well? That's the only thing I could think. It looked like they almost had a personal vendetta against the kid last night. Uh, I can't comment one way on that, one way or another, but I hear that Oliver is a fine, upstanding citizen. Oh, look at you. Look at you. It sounds like you're fence riding, Grump. I could have said something really nasty and then you get upset because. I'm doing a hot take. I'm going to get us canceled. You know, the things you like to say in private, you know, after the fact that I come up with something that I consider entertaining and it's like, you're going to get us canceled. You're going to get us canceled. Oh, God. Like, I'm afraid of that. No. I know you have no fears, grumpy old man, but I enjoy doing this. I don't like it. I think it. it's still America. Isn't it still America? Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of it is. Um, yeah. I'll tell you. Hmm. It makes you think, and here it is, right? People, if we get knocked out of the playoffs, I know are going to use the excuse of our first line did absolutely nothing. Anders Lee is the final piece on the first line that allows them to tick. I know that's going to be the excuse used. I know people are going to utilize that. That's you can use that all you want. In your purple <laughs> Yeah, and okay, I'm putting the cap back on it too. God almighty, you and that cap. I'm going to make sure if I could double cap it, I would. Go ahead and get a second cap and start utilizing that. I want you to get one of those where you have to like put a lock on it so like other people can't drink out of it. And you go ahead and unlock it with a little uh, with a little master key and you zip or you go ahead and un, uh, unscrew the cap every time you drink from it. Why don't you knock that fire hydrant all over your keyboard and ruin everything? Is it weird as it say? Because like again, like the equipment that we have is quite, quite expensive on some of the aspects, much more than I originally anticipated. I'm like, I'd imagine like what would happen if I did spill something on this? As odd as that sounds, I'm not going to. But you know, it's always one of those things that you think about. Like, oh wow, worst case scenario, what would happen? I bet that your nickname was Drop Zone when you were a kid. You probably dropped everything. Yeah, that's it. All over the floor, messing everything up. I'm gonna guarantee it. As a matter of fact. What about comments? Do we have any comments today? We do have comments. I didn't know if there's anything else you want to talk about about today's game or, or yesterday's game and kind of what you expect going forward before we start jumping in the comments. I expect us to win. I expect us to come out and play extremely well tomorrow. From the uh, This is my hope, that we come out 
and we play right from the get-go the way that we need to play. That's and I I think we will. I think we will. I think tomorrow we win. Okay, gotcha. I think we do too. Um, let's play devil's advocate. What's your outlook if the Islanders lose on Thursday? If we lose on Thursday, we're going to lose series. Wow. Yeah, because this, we should be as hyped up for a game coming back to the Coliseum with over 50% of the fans, and we've been great there all year. If we come out and lay an egg, particularly to start the game and Pittsburgh dominates again, I'd say it's uh, it's a pattern then. That, I mean, like I said, if they had a better goalie, they'd be up 2 nothing. No doubt in my mind. If they had a bet, if they had a better goalie, they'd be up two nothing. Because I feel they've outplayed us for most of the first two games. Uh, again, it's a short sample size right now. I'll say the first period has been uh, something where the Penguins really have uh, outperformed us on the first two games. Given they've both been road games, so I'll try to taper that a little bit. I think to myself, I'm like, hey, you know, today's podcast. Um, you know, technically, our next podcast is not until saturday i mean we're not wrapping things up yet but the next podcast isn't until saturday afternoon we're gonna have a saturday podcast grump your favorite saturday podcast afternoon is are we having a, a, a day it's game a, it's a three o'clock three o'clock in the afternoon game so it's gonna be like evening time okay not afternoon it'll be evening saturday evening after the islanders game so not only can you not only do you drop things it's been established that you drop things all over the place which is why you should cap things up you also can't tell time or uh, denunciate, you know, hey, what time is it based on the time of day? Is it evening, day, afternoon? I also struggle with, uh, you know, translating, uh, you know, Arabic as well as French to the English language. So that's something also I struggle with when we read the ads. So for adding lists of items that I struggle with, uh, grumpy old man. But uh, by the next podcast, we're going to definitely know how this series looks unless it's going to be two to two. But, I mean, there's going to be four games having being played um, by the time we podcast next. Um, and it's also worth saying, I don't know what our schedule is going. Again, this is just a general housekeeping note. We don't know what the schedule is going to look like for our podcast year upcoming. I get married next Friday. I know we picked it at the worst time right during the NHL playoffs. But yeah, we get married next Friday. So I'm not sure how the live is going to look or live stream is going to look. Um, obviously, we told, I told Paige, we've got to go ahead and do it. The fans, the listeners, the viewers there, the live stream, and the Islanders community needs the content during the playoffs. So we're, we'll have to we'll have to play it by ear. Um, no idea what that's going to look like just quite yet. Um, it all depends also, I guess, how the series is going, uh, grumpy old man. Just yeah. to go ahead and fill you in, too. But we do have comments, Grump, as always. Okay. Okay. Scott Levy with a, hey, guys, what is up, Scott? Long-time listener there. Um, oh, Coach, Coach Tommy B there checking in as well. And Brett, let's what go. That? What's that, Grum? Oh, what Tommy looks like he's what is that? Um, like a little profile thing there. Look, him, he's trying to look sexy. It's the cardboard, it's the cardboard cutout that he's got and uh, that he had oh. in the Coliseum. Oh, okay. Okay. Grumpy old man. Uh, Brett, let's go out there. Said grumpy old man, where's that Bailey shirt after the badass backhanded goal? You know what? I should have worn that shirt because the times that he produces are few and far between. So I probably should have worn that. You know what I'm going to do? But he did score a goal. So, you know, the song kind of isn't apropos, but, uh, 
maybe I'll start wearing it when he doesn't score, which means I'll probably have to wear it every single podcast. Oh, almighty. Grump, I have one question, and I'm going to go ahead and t- I'll be right back here in a second, uh, Grumpy Old Man. The fire hydrant calling. Anyway, Frank K says the first line has been abysmal. Grumpy Old Man, here is my, here's my question for you. Do you think we are going to be able to generate any type of production out of the first line is currently constituted? I mean, you know, what would it take to do that? Yeah, I think we'll be better next game. I just I think that our best game is going to probably be tomorrow. I, I think we're going to come out ready to ready ready to shoot bear, and I, I just feel that uh, we're going to come out and be better. I'm going to say again though, the first line has a liability on it, and Pittsburgh is they're just saying somebody else, but Matt Barzal is going to beat us. We're going to make someone else beat us, and right now. Uh, you can say for the first game, it didn't pay off because that third line had a good game and they had Tristan Jari, the human sieve in net. And that uh, that's why they won that. That's why the Islanders won that first game. Yesterday, not so much, right? The one Bailey goal, either, other than that, were we really a super threat? I don't think so. Uh, like I said, I thought we played better as a team, but you can't give up a weak goal. You can't go down 2 nothing in the playoffs against all these teams are good. So it's like, you know, I don't know what we're expecting, but I do feel that our first line is going to play better. Uh, You know, the one thing good about TJ taking his little potty break is I get to talk about anything else that I want to talk about. And, you know, I just want to talk about I was wearing the man in black Johnny Cash shirt today. Uh, And it was, uh, you know, when he sang live at San Quentin. Uh, Not that I was around then, but uh, really good artist. So. And, uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I wish I knew how to handle these comments because I do it so much better than TJ. He doesn't really care. I don't know why he's got to go to the bathroom so much. Oh, should- I heard I heard you trying to stall over there, giving your little shirt, giving your little shirt details and information. I listen to you, Grump, because um, I, I drink out of a fire hydrant. That's why, Grump. Um, maybe that should be a segment. How many times I go to the bathroom throughout the podcast slash live stream? Yeah. It's embarrassing, honestly. It, it makes you look like a semi, not even a, not even a semi-professional, just a rank amateur. That oh. you can't even. I mean, the podcast has been on for an hour. Do you pee every hour on the hour? Hey, you got to stay hydrated. hydrated. Get yourself a bucket. <laughs> Get yourself a bucket. Have it underneath, like a like a trucker, a truck driver, yeah. something like that. Uh, yeah. Um. No, I di- I did hear your point, uh, grumpy old man. I really wonder if somebody were to just get a little hot, whether it be Jordan Everly. Because, again, Jordan Everly's a streaky guy. We talked about how he usually plays well against the Penguins. If he's able to maybe ignite the first line, if Matt Barzal is. I mean, like, we have to have some sort of consistent performance out of the first line. We're playing a man down, and they're focusing all their attention on the one guy who can, who can drive our team. That is their game plan. And it's worked to a T the first two games. People can rip Matt Barzell all they want. It tells me they don't watch the games or they don't know what they're talking about because Pittsburgh is very, it's very obvious what they're doing. Other guys need to step up. He's made passes to Eberle and to Komarov and, you know, they can't handle them, bounces off their stick or Komarov just sucks. You know, that's, you know, there's the other thing, pass right to him and he just flubs it. I mean, you know, he can't do everything. He can't shoot, defend, score. He can't do everything himself, particularly with a man down on the first line. Can't do it. Coach Tommy B also said, I predicted a split 
these two games. I'm not shocked by the results uh, and both in one goal games as well. Yeah. Like I said, that's, you go into, you go into the first two games, you want to get the split that, I mean, that that's the Islanders goal. Now we have to take care of business at home. And if we do that, we can win the series. Hmm. Yeah. D cut. Charmin said, did grumpy get a haircut? I did get a haircut. Thank you. Yes. You know, here's the thing. I don't have a whole lot that grows on the top, but you know, you can tell your hair's getting long like if it starts curling up in the back. I'm like, oh, and I gotta have the warden trim it sometimes, trim it down a little bit. Uh, but you know, when it gets like it's too curly cute in the back, I'm like, I need a haircut. Oh, goodness gracious. So I have the lady come over, she does my hair. You have somebody come to the house to get your haircut. That's right. I don't know. I have that kind of pull. I have that kind of pull. What can I tell you? Is that old fashioned? Am I thinking that's very old fashioned s to have? It's like having like the call the doctor to your house, having to call the barber to your house, or is that a new thing? Nobody called the barber to their house. They used to do doctors used to do house calls. But here's the thing: I just got it like that. I go, Virgil, come over here and cut the hair. Virgil. Now, um, people, people who are old time wrestling fans know what that means. And I'm be interested at the uh, at the comments. What we'll, we'll get to reflect we'll that get, knowledge. No Remember Virgil. We'll get to Grum. Uh, Chris also says tough call by Trot. Sorokin played really well in Game One victory. Normally you go back to the winning goalie, but Varlamov is our number one, so he presented he was presented with a very difficult choice last night. Yeah, my whole thing was that we won Game One, so I would have just ridden the hot goalie, ride the young guy. Uh, you can always bring Varlamov if, if he flops. It doesn't matter. We're playing with house money, and I think we would have went up two nothing if, if Soroka would have played yesterday. He certainly wouldn't have given up that goal that Varlamov given up. Okay, I need you. Uh, I love Sorokin. I love Sorokin. I like Varlamov. Sorokin has let in a lot of weak, weird goals this season. If you don't remember, so does so- Varlamov. So does Varlamov. But but his thing. You, you know what Sorokin just- doesn't do? He didn't do it in the biggest moment like Varlamov did. Oh, my God. It was a one-week goal, and then he had an outstanding game. I don't know what else you want. Does every goalie need to have a shutout every single night for them to be like, oh, that was a pretty good job. But you know, if they have a shutout, then you're going to say his rebounds bounce too far. And no. Come on, man. No, he doesn't have to have a shutout every night. But you know what? you got to stop the simple shots. You can't. You cannot give up goals on little little flubber shots like that. Just like Jari did the game before. We ripped Jari for giving up those weak goals. Varlamov gets ripped too. I don't care that he's the number one goalie. He gave up a weakie that ultimately cost you the game. A two to one game. The first goal you gave up was a weakie. We're gonna do this again. It didn't cost them the game. They were, they only lost two one. It's not Varlamov's fault. He had an outstanding night. He let one weak goal. It was weak. No disputing that. He's not the reason we lost. We've talked about it before. Our inability to score is the reason why we lost last night, Grom. I don't want to get derailed though. I don't want to get derailed. We got a comment here from Michael B saying, "What's up, guys? Grump, thank you for the well wishes on Sunday. Barzal's top line frustrations seem untapped." Tenable. Should he be moved off and Bailey up to make the top oh. line all defense? Well, then it's at center. <laughs> <laughs> to me, the the easy solution for that line, honestly, is you put uh, either Pajot on the wing, but then it weakens your center group or uh, or Wallstrom. That's what you do and have him play on the off wing. 
that solves your issues with the first line. That that's that's what I would do. That's what I would do. Third lines look good. That's why they want to keep the best third line in all of hockey when they're playing well. You're playing you're playing a waiver wire guy on your first line, and you wonder why the first line's not producing. Well, that's why. Because you traded for a guy, you gave up a first round draft pick and a fourth round for one guy who doesn't even play, right? That's why we gave up the extra for him. And then Palmieri, who's a third line player. And who's never gotten a legit shot on the first line? Well, it is what it is. But don't complain about anything. Uh, Barry and Lou shouldn't complain about anything. That's the bed that they made. So they should not complain about anything. But when you're playing a guy who's a waiver wire guy on your first line, don't expect him to score. Leo Komarov, as Arthur Staple has told me, is an unbelievable player. He's a bona fide superstar left wing grumpy, and he brings stability to that line, and he does something that no other forward could do. Okay? You don't talk down about my friend Lollipop. You don't talk down about Leo, the Estonian Komarov. Okay? There, okay. there is, there, that's right. There's nothing that he can't do. He turns Matt Barzell into a pedestrian player. That's what he does. He's the epitome of the Islanders. Like we say, the Islanders are the vampires in the NHL. They suck the life out of the game. Well, Leo Komarov is the absolute epitome of that. They put him on a line with Matt Barzell, and they just suck the life right out of him. Good job. I was about to make a funny reference saying, just like Jesus turns water to wine, grumpy old man, Leo Komarov turns offensive production into a dull and dreary game. Well, I'm glad you didn't tell that joke because it was terrible. Uh, okay, I, I, had I said something else. It was going to be something else, Grump, but you interrupted me. So we're moving on. My job is not the jokes here. That's your job. So if I make a funny one, it's an added bonus. Maybe it's, you know, maybe people enjoy the lack of my ability to make jokes. You ever think of you that? Know, when you just said it, my job is to tell jokes. When you try to, there's a reason why your job is not that because you cannot tell jokes. If we want to hear crickets or dead air, then we let you talk all by yourself. Oh, I'm going to hopefully get the right one. Oh, it's time. Was that I can't remember which one was the crickets, damn it. I had the crickets on there, but I, I maybe I got rid of it. I don't know. I was trying to mess around with spilled the water on it. it. Used to be crickets, but now since it's been ruined by water being spilled on it. It's something else, right? Drink. Yeah, that, that's it, because I don't cap my drink. Oh goodness gracious. Um Jay Rich said Barzal sucks. No way he's a superstar. If you think so, you have zero hockey knowledge. And he also says he's a turnover machine. He has not been turning the puck over. I mean, he's not. He's not been producing, but he's not been turning the puck over. You want to know who's been turning the puck over? Nick Letty. Yeah. He's been turning the puck over. Yeah. Nick Letty has been turning the puck over. Absolute turnover machine. Um, can we take a break here to talk about a comment made by Pierre Maguire last night? Again, I don't. I have no ill will against him. You, I think he does usually an adequate job. Question mark. I don't watch enough of the games on NBC Sports Network. I try not to listen to him. If I can watch an MSG feed, I will. And obviously, I can't right now. Um, but holy crap! He said yesterday that Scott Mayfield was doing an excellent job, being a big body, really being a disruptive force down low. And I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, what the freak is he watching? I think Mayfield has actually not played poorly uh, this play. I don't think he played poorly yesterday. I thought he did. He was fine yesterday. Wow. I mean, he didn't give up a weak goal. <laughs> Jesus, we're back on that again. Holy crap. Uh, it was just too easy. It's too easy. 
I didn't. Play. I didn't think he played. I didn't think he played. I didn't think he played poorly yesterday. I thought Letty was bad yesterday, though. Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, Coach Tommy B says, by the way, two games and Letty has looked awful with no jump. Yeah, well, he hasn't looked good. He was good in the middle of the year. At, okay, again, they're not a good defense pairing. They they just don't have any chemistry together. Letty was good earlier in the year when he was getting a whole bunch of assists, but then towards the end, he went back into lazy Letty mode, and it's carried over to the playoffs so far. That's not to say he cannot pick it up, but the first two games he's not been great. I do have a question for you. Now, this is one that two minutes of pessimisticking messaged me. He It was a funny message as well, but I do have a question. How would you know? Watching the game, when you were watching the game, and it was live happening, they rolled out first off Barlamoff, and he gave up the weak goal. Did you almost have a uh, cardiac arrest? Did you almost have a heart attack? I mean, did you almost have like a brain aneurysm when that happened, thinking, holy crap, we just threw Varlamov out there and he let in the weakest goal known to mankind? What was your reaction? Again, before the rest of the game played out and he did a, a superb job after that, what was your reaction after the first weak goal? Bro? Before the game started, I'm like, why is Sorokin not playing? That was that – was, why not play him? And then he gives up the weak goal. And I said to myself, I hate being right all the time. That's all you said? It wasn't anything crazy? It wasn't like you had to grab your heart and you had to hit your life alert and said, I've fallen and I can't get up? No, because Varlamov has done a good job. He's not Josh Bailey out there who sucks all the time. But let me tell you something. I curse at Bailey every single game. Josh effing Bailey, shoot the puck. It's like show the body, get off the boards. Go home. Just you said it. you said you say that every game. So every, when he scored that excellent goal, did you say Josh F and Bailey shot the puck? I'm like, holy were shot that he put in such a great goal. You know, I said, holy shit, I can't believe Bailey made a play. That's what I said. You wow. know what? It's easy for him to score a goal and we're down two nothing. How about oh. making one to make it two to two or a game winner? How about that? Stop. You're freaking ridiculous. Him and his pal you're, making me, you're making me spit on my mic. That's so ridiculous. Him, him and his pal Croc and Average, they're really good scoring goals when we're down by three or four. That's when yeah, they pad their stats. You're ridiculous. Oh, you're ridiculous. Um, Coach Tommy B said, uh, Nelson, uh, Nelson used the D-man as a screen perfectly. He was talking about that goal in game one. That's uh, where it looked like uh, Jari just or Yari missed it. Um, Yari did miss it. It went right between his arm. That's yeah. terrible goaltending. And then uh, Paul D, what's up, Paul? He says uh, Pelic and Pulak on the ice for both goals against last night. They're playing tough minutes right now. I mean, they're the number one D pairing, and Pittsburgh is really pressing us. I mean, they are. Uh, I mean, and I don't think our defense is playing poorly, but Pittsburgh is really good offensively. You know, Islander fans, don't be afraid to give the other team credit. Okay, they're a good offensive team. I don't. And here's the thing: we're a good defensive team. We only gave up two goals yesterday to a well, one actually, uh, to uh, you know a team that is really, really good at scoring. I mean, Varlamov gave the other one up, but that wasn't the defense's fault. That weaky in the first three minutes of the game. Oh, geez. Brian Rust, I think he was going off for a change. Just change, just dumped it in the zone, and somehow it scored. I think that's what happened. Stop. Um, Scott Levy also says, unfortunately, it took the Islanders halfway through the second period to find their game after when Varlamov got crashed into nothing dirty about it because the Penguin forward was going to the puck and couldn't stop. 
uh, he was sliding on the ice. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's bad. It's, you know, it's good to see us react to things like that, which I always like seeing, but it shouldn't take a monumental shift like that to where it's like, it's something, something, um, drastic has to happen for us to go ahead and readjust the course that we're on. Exactly. I mean, we're a veteran team. We shouldn't be coming out flat. This is the playoffs. I mean, what? If we make it to the Stanley Cup Finals, we're not going to play for the first two periods against Tampa. They'll go a 15 nothing, And then, hey, but hey, we played great at the end. No. You got to come out ready to play to start the game. And, you know, it was, yes, it was good that we came out with Varlamov. I'm going to say one thing about the series. It's not been chippy or dirty. It has not yeah. been. Yeah, really and a, lot, a lot of series are getting like that. We have, and even if you look at it right, when Doomlin went down, there wasn't any type of escalation. It was just an odd, fluky item to where you know Pajot got you know bumped him into it, and uh, you know he went f- slammed into the boards like that. But again, you didn't see any escalation after that. The dirtiest moment you could say is when Wallstrom, Palmieri. I mean, like obviously when the, the goalies, but all, Wallstrom and uh, Palmieri and Latang were mixing it up back there. It really has not been a dirty, chippy series. No, every other series is really chippy. And I thought that this would be as well because these teams have played each other eight times this year. So you get a little hatred built up. Uh, Then the Dumoulin hit, uh, Pajot gave him a little push there at the end, and that's why he went in so awkward. Hey. I'm I'm just saying, I'm just saying, he gave him a little push. He didn't need to. He was past the play. He gave him a little push, and he fell really awkward. Here's the thing. I'm not a Dumoulin fan, but when you see a guy crash like that, you worry about his health. Yeah. Grumpy old man. Um, moving right along there, D-Cut said the Islanders outplayed in four of six regulation periods. Got to come home with their hair on fire tomorrow night um, of this series, or, or this series will be over in five. Um, I think it'll be more than five, but I he's 100% right. We've been outplayed for the six regulation periods, um, and we do have to come out and play with intensity right from the beginning, and I think that we will. I think we will. Yeah, I, I I don't anticipate us. Doesn't cut cut look really cool in those glasses? Grumpy, do you want some sunglasses you can have during the podcast? You can be like Doctor Disrespect. We're not ready, Doctor Disrespect. I, I don't care. I can, I can wear the glasses. I wear the lipstick. You don't, you don't know who Doctor Disrespect is, though, Grump? Do you? No. Probably somebody who's disrespectful. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm getting. Yeah. If you weren't the grumpy old man, maybe you could do something like that. Uh, Frank K also said, I'm sick of Eberly's backhand on every shot. It's nauseating. Well, they're, Pittsburgh's doing a nice job to force him into those shots. They're taking away the center of the arc. They're doing a good job against that line. Well, here's the thing. When you're playing five against four, it makes it a lot easier to play defense. It really does. Um, and then actually, actually, it's four against six because Komarov's like playing for Pittsburgh. Do we so bad? Can we also talk about what we had out there in our six on four power play at the end of the game? We really couldn't get anything started, and I was just like, man, what would be a better time than ever to finally get a little bit of momentum on our power play? You know, we're playing two men up because we've got the pulled goalie, and I mean, besides a, a good shot or two by Wallstrom, it pretty much just fizzled out. You're just kind of like, ugh. Here too many pass, too many pass first guys. Nobody wants to shoot the puck. You got one kid on the whole team willing to shoot the puck. Every time he touches it, he's going to shoot it. We need more guys like that. Shoot the puck. Coach Tommy B said Pulak had a bad game last night also. I didn't think he had a bad game. I thought he had a couple of instances where uh, 
he made a bad play or two, but I don't think he had a bad game overall. They're going. They, let me tell you something. They're going against everybody. They're going against everybody. Toby O'Connor. He agrees with you. He said that uh, Varlamov, he cost us the game. I don't agree with it, but I know Grump, and I'm sure some Islander fans do agree with it. I do not think, though, Varlamov cost us that game. Well, you give up a goal like that in the first three minutes of the game, sets the tenor for the whole game. Certainly if, did for us. If we came out and then got steamrolled after that, sure, I could say that set, you know, set, the, set the tempo for the game. But uh, we didn't. It didn't happen like that. So uh, I just don't think it cost us a game. I thought he did a more than adequate job to keep us in later on. Varlamov's the goat. Did you say Varlamov's the goat? Yeah, the goat. The The goat horns. The hero and the goat. He was a goat yesterday. This is also a good time to mention, speaking of goats, Tomorrow, Grumpy Old Man and I will be live after the Islanders game on TJ and the Grumpy Old Man podcast. It is actually linked if you want to find how do I watch TJ and the Grumpy Old Man podcast where we talk about everything sports, whether it's baseball, soccer, hockey, basketball, football. We talk everything sports, all things current in sports. You can find it at TJ and the Grumpy Old Man, which is linked in the description below if you want to check that out. It'll be tomorrow after the Islanders game. Are we going to talk about the WNBA? Yeah, of course. Sabrina, first lady in WNBA history. I think they have a triple-double her first game. Oh, I have no idea. I was just going to make some friends and family joke about the WNBA. Now, the only reason I know about that is because I follow a few different Oregon pages, and she was an Oregon duck. Um, but, uh, yes. What do, they call, what do they call female ducks? Are they duckling, ducklets, or what do they call them? Duckettes? Ducks? I don't know. Ducks are just ducks. Guy and girl ducks, I feel like, are ducks in general. I don't know. Well, that's a question there for the people who are familiar with those terminology to answer. Not me, Grump, because I am not. Um, Tommy, Coach Tommy B also said, uh, when you lose 2-1, to one, uh, the game is on the lack of finishing. We had chances but didn't bury them. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. that. I agree with that. Well, you blamed it there on Varlamov, but here it is. I'm blaming on the lack and the inability to score is the reason we lose that game. Yeah, but if he doesn't give up that weak goal, we go to overtime, and I guarantee we beat them in overtime. Mm. Our goal is better. Our goal is better. Mm. Just that, you know, even even with him letting in that weak goal, uh, he's still way better than Jari, way better. And Sorokin's way better than him as well. Yeah. Paul D. said, for once, Grumpy Old Main is right, 100% on with, uh, with not coming back with Sorokin. Uh, I hate to correct Paul here. I'm always right. Thank you. He should have said, again, the grumpy old man is right. A hundred percent of the time. He's right. Okay. He just misworded a little bit. Is that what it was? That's probably? what I think. He mixed his words up a little bit. Ah, there it is. Uh, D-Cut says, Pelic has been a beast. Dobson, very tentative at times. I, I tell you what. I know he wasn't uh, as good as we hoped last night, but I don't think he's been that bad. I really don't. He's real calm back there. He's able to fight. Their forecheck is really freaking good. I think no one is giving them credit for how good their forecheck is. I mean, they're making us make mistakes. I mean, they're forcing us into some of those mistakes. And it's it's everybody. And it's not because we're not good. It's because they're really good at what they do as well. I mean, and we don't make teams pay coming back the other way. We just don't. And Owen Johnson with a YouTube comment says, I agree. Sorokin should have played yesterday. Yep. 
Jay Rich again commenting in Barzal sucks. I think Jay Rich is a troll. I think Jay Rich might be a troll, but I think Jay Rich maybe had been sl- maybe he knows Maddie B from way back in the day. Maybe he's you know uh, his kid played with Maddie B's kid growing up, and he you know Matt Barzal got the last spot there on the on the travel in the AAU team or you know the, the I, Mike I, team. I think maybe his kid was a goalie or something for one of the, the team against Matt Barzell, and he probably gave up six or seven goals a night against him. No, no, no. It was, a, it, was a, it was a controversial call in Mites, and what happened was, grumpy old man, Matt Barzell put the puck on net and uh, technically wasn't all the way over the line. It was called against him, and the kid spiraled out. He never wanted to play hockey again after being scored on like that and losing the championship game against Matt Barzell, so he doesn't like Matty B. Voldemort, some would call him. Okay. Uh, John P. there says, if they do not come out swinging in the barn with 6,000-plus people in the stands, nothing will get them going in the first. Yeah, I think we will. I, I mean, that's that's my hope. Uh, and, you know, hey, there's no quit in the Islanders. Let's be honest. We don't quit. Sometimes we don't play well, but there's no quit. And I think we're going to come out and play extremely well to start the game. I hope so. If we get a couple of goals on Pittsburgh early – uh, that game's going to be over. Yeah. I, I don't know how much mental toughness Pittsburgh has. That's a good point there, Grump. But we mentioned it. Again, that's going to be one of those items we were watching about, like, hey, will they have enough mental fortitude if they go down to actually come back? So, I mean, we haven't really been playing with the lead yet. And you wondered, hey, we played with the lead the majority of uh, you know the series, I guess, two years ago against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And you wonder, hey, are they still – that that's form of a mental midget when they play the Islanders, they can't really get over that fact. Uh, Coach Tommy B also says the identity line was solid last night. I hate that name, the identity line. Do you want your team to be identified as a fourth line team? I know. I'd rather. I'd rather have my first. Team. Their energy is what is what you know is the energy of the Islanders. That's why they call them the energy. That's why they call them the identity line. Yeah, I'd rather have my identity be guys who can put the puck in the net. Gotcha. Uh, Frank K also said, great to see Bavillier not being able to score again. Like I said, he's streaky. He got streaky the last week of the season. Remember what I said? I hope I hope the streak continues in the playoffs because when he's scoring, he's scoring in bunches. When he's not, he's not scoring at all. And so far, but it's only been two games, so let's see. <laughs> uh, Owen Johnson also saying, Letty looks tired. He's lazy. Well, that's the thing too, right? I always said it like, oh, maybe Letty's just tired. But I mean, this has been something that goes on in his game can, on a consistent basis. He always just looks lazy. Oh, Grumpy, what are you doing over there? Showing you how to cap a drink. You have to tighter. I'm afraid it might drip out a little bit on the side if you knock it over. You don't need to worry about it. I don't need to worry I'm about it. I'm not like you. I'm a professional. Oh, goodness gracious. I've been drinking out of bottles my whole life. Ah, there you go, Grumpy. A I, didn't need a sippy, I didn't need a sippy cup when I was in my 30s. Oh, how oh, old you are. There it is. Grump, not in the 30s just quite yet. D-Cut says, agree, Grumpy. Got to slow the pace down. Make them play our game. Make them play our game. I mean, can they do it? I mean, right now we're playing into their hands. And if, like I said, if it, if it wasn't for Jari, we're down 2 nothing in this series. Let's play our game. Let's make them play our game. I think it played that'll play right into our hands, really. Yeah. Well, again, if you play Islander style hockey, we are in much better shape. 
Um, then Owen Johnson says, a YouTube comment says, I can see the Outers winning it by three tomorrow. He says, trust me, Pittsburgh looked terrible yesterday. Uh, I don't think Pittsburgh looked terrible yesterday, particularly not early on. I don't think they're a great defensive team, uh, but they, they're really good on the attack. They are. If we if we have a if we have a poor game, we're not winning. I'm saying if we play poorly defensively, we'll get rolled by them. But the same is true on the other end. If we can play our stem and stifle them offensively, I don't think there's any way we can lose to them. Gotcha, grumpy old man. Gotcha, absolutely. Uh, and then Slinky's YT said they just announced the Art Ross winner and the Rocket Richard winner. We all know who won. Um, do you know when they're going to be announcing the Hart Trophy? I'm surprised they made those announcements already, but it's got to be McDavid. McDavid's got to be everything, right? Uh, Art is MVP of the league. Art Ross, Art Ross is leading scorer. The Rocket winner is probably Austin Matthews for Art most Matthews. goals. Rocket Richard, yeah. Yeah, and the other thing, I don't think they announce it until the uh, after the playoffs, but it's going to be Connor McDavid. Uh, yeah. Who else could it be? I'm not sure the exact date they, they're going to release there, the Hart Trophy winner this year, but, I mean, you got to feel like it's got to be a foregone conclusion. I mean, if you're taking – you talk about making bets. If DraftKings has a bet or you can, you can go ahead and select who you think is going to win, you know, the Hart Trophy, throw everything you've got there at <laughs> – at Connor McDavid, because I mean, it seems like a surefire thing, doesn't it? Well, the whole thing—the votes are already in. They already know who won. Yeah, they know. They know all the every everything's already calculated, and it's usually a couple of days after the end of the season they'll have that. Then a week, like I think it's a week before the end of the season in the draft, something like that. And the the uh, awards presentations are usually like the Thursday before the draft. The craziest thing is you can actually vote on the uh, the Hart Trophy winner. And the odds on DraftKings and a whole bunch of those. I didn't know you could do that. You can actually vote for that on DraftKings, as crazy as that is. Yeah, um, but, well, you're not going to get much payback betting Connor McDavid. You know what it's like? It's like taking it's like taking a, a DraftKings bet on saying, hey, uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to be the first overall pick in the 2021 NFL draft. Uh, you didn't get too much of a payback for that either. <laughs> yeah, that's the way it is. Uh, moving right along there. Um, and Owen was also saying, I disagree. Pellick looked great last night. Um, we need to open the floor up with Letty. See, I guess, what type of offers there are out there with him. Oh, yeah, I, I think so, too. He's, we need – well, I don't want to talk. It's it's still too early. I have my master plan. My master plan is – it's all-encompassing. Oh, your master plan is all-encompassing. For the offseason. Coach Tommy B said, Frank, I'll be there Saturday with a shiny, bald, polished head. Uh, Tommy B is going to be at the game on Saturday. Um, He probably won't be able to sit with his girlfriend, though. I don't know how they're doing that. I remember he told me that they had the vaccinated, unvaccinated section. I'm not sure if they have no idea what they're doing. Uh, Nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's a better better game experience for her if they're not together anyway. I know you made that joke last time and you're making it again. It's not yeah. always the same. So there's no shame in your game. Right. Scott L there says Islanders defense has been looking good. In fact, that keeping Crosby off the board, except the one goal, nothing from Gensel and keeping Dumoulin at bay as well. Yeah. It's their fourth line is looking really good though. I mean, it's what our fourth line used to do. That's what their fourth line is doing. And like I, I, said, I did it last year in the playoffs. 
right? Right. Let's look at it seriously. Our fourth line did really well and produced in the playoffs last year. Yeah, but they okay, but not this year. I'm talking about this year. It's what I said. What our fourth line used to do is what I said. I mean, I'm going back last year. One year difference. Come on, we're all in their thirties. What do you expect? I mean, come on. And Clutterbuck was hurt at the end, was he not? Uh, towards the end, yeah, last year he was. There you go. So there you go. Yeah, Owen Johnson also says that Grumpy Bailey has been playing great. That he has. Uh, maybe that's maybe Grant Bailey. Maybe he's talking about Josh Bailey's grandfather's been playing great. great. I don't think Bailey's been playing playing great. He's been playing okay. I mean, he had a nice goal. Okay, he scored one goal, and here it is: the Josh Bailey is great thing comes out again. All right, he, he scored one good goal. He's, he's always, not. Been, he's been always. Okay. Okay, got your crumb. Always Jangry says, uh, can I just start complaining about Mayfield and Letty and Pulak? Because Christ almighty, they have played poorly. Yeah, I don't think that Pulak has played all that bad. I mean, all right, he made the one pass where it flubbed off his stick and wanted to turn it into a goal. Yes. Um, you know, but it's it's one play. It was a physical error. It wasn't a mental error. And those happen. Mayfield and Letty have been they just don't have the chemistry, and they've been bad together all year, and that's obviously not going to change till the end of the season. Changes need to be made on the defensive end. And I think they will at the end of the year, but I don't disagree. Coach Tommy B also says there, Islanders will have a lot of energy tomorrow night at the barn. You can count on that and expect Varlamov in net. Oh, I, I expect right. him. I expect them to play Varlamov the rest of the way. You've seen enough of Sorokin. Um, if Sorokin wasn't going to play last, last night, he's not going to play the rest of the playoff series. Unless it was an unbelievably poor game. So just to provide some context, we're thinking, hey, what does Varlamov's numbers, what do Varlamov's numbers look like here against the Pittsburgh Penguins this year? Um, you can see it right here pretty much clear as day, ladies and gentlemen. He's allowed more goals to the Penguins than any other team so far this year. Uh, goals against average in the regular season, not great against the Penguins and not a great save percentage there against the Penguins either. So you look at you know what teams he's performed extremely well against. He had the Devils, obviously. The Rangers, he's absolutely owned, and so is Sorokin. I mean, the Sabres, he's played well against. Uh, the Boston Bruins, he's played exceptionally well against. Uh, the Penguins, not so great. The Flyers, even worse. Uh, you know, and you know, pretty much mediocre there against the Capitals. When we're looking numbers wise. Yeah, well, let's just hope that Barry hasn't outsmarted himself by going with the veteran as opposed to the hot hand. That being said, Grumpy, that being said. Um, yep, and they said about uh, 7,200 fans in tomorrow's game. A little context there from earlier. Okay, that's that's enough to make some noise. That's almost that's 50%, no? Yeah, I said, I said that's what is around 50%, a little over 50. I can't remember the exact number, but I saw a few okay. tweets about it. D Cut also says every time I watch Pajot play a playoff game, I'm reminded how valuable he is in all three zones. He's an all around player, can do anything. Guys, okay. Ryan Kessler used to be like that. Kessler's better than Pajot, but the same type of player, a guy you could put out there in any circumstance and expect them to produce clutch players. Pajot is one of them. Not as good as Kessler, uh, particularly with the physical element, but the same type player. I was about to say, when you're saying Ryan Kessler now, Ryan Kessler was an outstanding 
you know, second line guy, second line center. I mean, like his numbers were, you forget he had seasons where he was almost averaging a point a game over an 82 game season, you know, 70 plus points in a season. Ryan Hester was a guy who threw the body. He was big. He was physical. And he was a guy you hated to play against and loved to have on your team. I, I, I mean, I remember, I remember years ago when we first started this podcast, I was like, man, I'd love a guy like Ryan Kessler. This is when we were bad. I said, Ryan Kessler is the type of guy I'd love to see come in the room here. And at that time we needed somebody like that. And he's fantastic. He, well, he was, he's finished now. Um, but I mean, he was, uh, well, is he, re- is he, did he retire? I know he had the hip. Or, I don't know. He hasn't played since 2019. Yeah. So he's retired now. I don't know if he's just on long-term injury. It doesn't matter. He's not playing again. Uh, but the whole thing was, you know, he was a playoff hockey player without a doubt. Ryan Kessler, no doubt about it. Well, you look into even last season. Now you talk about, Hey, when we went in the way back machine, grumpy, you're taking a clock back to when we started this podcast, I think in 2017 or 20, late 2016. I don't even remember when we started. Maybe it was 2017. But yeah, he was coming off a season when he was 32 years old. He played on average 21 over 21 minutes of ice a night. And again, like 82 games, had 58 points there that year. Ryan Kessler, I'll tell you, a guy you hated to play against, loved to have on your team. That is for certain, grumpy old man. Um, moving right along there. Um, Michael N there says the legends are all in here. The <laughs> coach conspiracy, Frizzy Frank, and where's my boy preaching Posner? Okay, Pauser, I'm sorry, Pauser. It, it's conspiracy corner with Coach Tommy Baffey. I don't, uh, I don't know Frank's hair and the pictures I see. Maybe it's frizzy. This is now this is the second time I've heard that he has frizzy hair. But his uh, little picture shows that it's it's calm. So maybe his hair is frizzy. I can't comment on that. And uh, Brian Pawser, we love him too. Oh goodness gracious! And we love you too, Mike. Mike Mike M also says there Bailey's goal was super nice. But enough's enough. The first line needs to change. It's unwatchable. Traded for Zajac for him to sit. What a damn waste. Yeah, and that's what elevated, right? We could have got uh, Palmieri just for a second, and we got Zajac, and we gave up, upgraded to a first and a fourth and two players uh, for a guy who doesn't play for us. Good trade, Lou. Looking better every day. What do you mean, and, and two players? The two garbage throw-ins that we had in that trade. I forgot. I forgot we threw in two. Honestly, I, I, they were so inconsequential in the trade, I forgot we even threw in two additional players. Um, uh, we've talked about it, right? If, if Paul Mary performs, it wasn't a bad trade. If he doesn't, a good trade. We can all agree on one thing, no Islander fans. Besides, I guess, maybe adding you know a guy who's a healthy scratch where if you have a center get hurt, now you've got Zajac. What a waste to acquire Zajac. It, you, know, you acquire him, he's going to be riding the pine here. For the foreseeable future, yeah, I mean, that's not that's not something we needed to actually address. We needed a first line left winger, and we got a guy who's going to be a healthy scratch. Thirty six year old, thirty six year old fourth liner. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, Christopher C there said so much for a sweep. <laughs> I really would have loved it. Yeah, I was not expect this. This series is going to go a long way. And then Nick chiming in there talking about you were belittling the East Division. Nick says, uh, you'd hope, TJ, that this is a better division than what Grumpy's saying, and we'll find out how the North plays soon. I think the North is the worst division. 
That's what I think. The North is the worst. We're second worst. And I got to say, Tampa's division is the best because top to bottom, they're freaking good. The four playoff teams, man, they're good. You could say Nashville's not that great, but the other three are, three are sensational. Okay, well, here you go. You talk about how Nashville's not that good, and you also talked in the same breath how it's been pathetic, how the Hurricanes haven't been dominating Nashville, right? So what well, does they that beat five, Hold on, stop, 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 stop. What does that really tell you about the team? You just said you didn't like the way Carolina played. I just think – I don't think they're as good as the two Florida teams. And here's the thing. Tampa uh, Tampa makes Tampa makes the division that they're in the best division just by being Tampa. They're going to be really tough to beat. And Florida, like I said, yeah, they're up 2 nothing on Florida. Florida's really played them tough. Those games have been really nail biters, both of them. The first game is maybe one of the better player see, games I've seen in forever. It was that good. It was really sensational. Really was. D Cuts there says that Tampa Bay is a machine. Will roll another will roll to another cup unless Vasilevsky gets hurt. Yeah. I mean, they're good. They're good. They got everything. Michael M also says grumpy people are all over Barzal on social media. It's disgusting. This team's unwatchable without him. It's funny. Uh Michael M also went ahead and sent me something where a guy, I mean, vehemently looks like he was being genuine is defending Leo Komarov saying he's not the reason for this. Leo Komarov's done really well in his role and just kind of like, wow, sheep, 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 unable to think there for themselves. He's a fourth liner. That's his role. When you put him on the first line, he's a liability and he brings down the whole talent level of that line. They don't even pay any attention to him because he's lagging behind usually. And they just two, two, two guys, absolutely two guys on Barzell with another guy down low mirroring his action i mean just watch it people that's all you got to do is watch it you never see him one-on-one a couple of times he gets to rev it up and they just send guys at him and where's leo komrov who knows probably playing defense somewhere your first line has to score gotcha and then brent let's go out there's going to old man says uh i'm a huge fan of Austin, but unfortunately his penalties cost the team their momentum yesterday that's an interesting point. We really haven't talked about that or, or pondered too much on that, Grump. Do you think his penalties kind of derailed? And, uh, you know, think about it, right? If you're having to spend, it was at least four minutes there in the penalty kill, and you had, you know, the other bit where you had, you know, offsetting minors, you wonder how much does that actually, you know, affect the team? Okay, the one penalty shouldn't even have been a penalty. Um, and the other two, okay, there were penalties, but they're penalties of aggression. I, I have no problem with I You know what? You're going to draw penalties. It is. I'd rather see a guy skating hard, working hard, as opposed to, you know, most of the passengers we have on this team who just, all right, you know, hey, let's just get it to the next shift. That's what I feel like sometimes. You know, you make on Mike's comment. It's like, it's like we're just trying to get to the next shift, get to the next shift. Maybe we'll pop a goal in. It's tough playing like that. It is. That's the style we play. I know, but it's not, it's not fun to watch. Toby O'Connor says the first Tampa Bay versus Florida game was the most exciting playoff game I've seen in a long time. And Mike B. Grumpy real quick also says, and the five to four lightning Panthers game was one of the most entertaining hockey games I've ever seen. Without a doubt. I mean, it was, if you didn't see it, uh, you missed something. You really did. And that, that was, that game was back and forth. And man, Florida really impressed me. Joel Quindle's a great Joel Quindle's the best coach in the in the NHL, without a doubt, without a doubt. Really? Yes, yes. 
And here's the Tampa Bay is the best team, and Florida has played them. I mean, yesterday, okay, they they were down two nothing. One of them a goal went off of one of their skates, one of the the defenseman skates coming across. That's what made it two nothing. I mean, and the game was a struggle the rest of the way. I mean, Florida was pressuring them. Vasilevsky was fantastic last night. I mean, don't put either one of those two teams down. They'd be the best team. Both of those teams would be the best team in the East. Really? Yeah. And Carolina, I wasn't impressed with them. Maybe. I mean, they won 5-2, to two, but they're a team that always gives us trouble as well. The Here's style the of play always gives us trouble. Here's the thing, right, Grumpy? Carolina was a team that barely scratched their way into the playoffs last year, just like the Islanders do. They leave the division, and here they go, and they win. They win the division they join up with. What does it tell you? They got oh, a lot. Oh, of stop, 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 stop. What does it tell me is right? They come from a team in the East Division to where they struggle and they barely make the playoffs next year. And again, like albeit it's not an exact science, you know, we can't just say, hey, you know, just because uh, this is, you know, it's not causation doesn't equal the actual result. Um, but right, they leave the division. Now all of a sudden they win the new division they're in. And they could barely scratch their way into the playoffs in, in the tough Eastern division that we're in currently. Okay. They're one of the youngest teams in the NHL. Uh, they got more solid. They got a little bit better goaltending this year. And you forget who's in their division. The freaking Stanley Cup champions who blew you out of the water last year. That's who they beat this year to win division. All right. Here's the they're a young this team. Year, this year, the Tampa Bay Lightning were playing over a month and a half without Stamkos and Kucherov both. Okay, come on. on, and let's Seriously, let's look at that, right? Without Stamkos and Kucherov, those are two guys that are probably going to be both Stan, or they're both going to be Hall of Fame caliber players. Seriously, yeah. those are going to be two players that are Hall of Fame caliber players. If you're telling me, even throughout the Islanders dynasty, if we were missing guys like uh, Bossy and Trottier for over a month and a half, and you were missing, you know what I mean, Bossy there for almost the entire season, how different the year would look for the Islanders? I mean, come on. We missed guys during the glory years. We certainly did. Potvin missed time. Gillies missed some time. I mean, a guys missed time, but here's the thing. They're able to overcome and adapt. Okay, when they played us last year, Stamkos didn't play at all. Kucherov missed games. Braden Point missed games, and they still dominated us. I mean, they, they were just better than us. There was no harm in losing Tampa last year. Tampa was the best team, and they were missing all those guys as well during that series, and they still blew us out. Well, they're good. They're really good. Gotcha. And they're just as good this year with everybody back. Thank you, Grump. You sound like you're going to stop and then you keep starting up again. You've done it like three or four times today. I don't know. I, I feel like we're off. I feel like we're not. Here you are again. I feel I like we're not. Here you are again, Grump. I feel like we're not gelling today. You keep running me over. I feel like we're not gelling today. I just want to make sure that you understand my point. I get it. I get your point, Grump. Um, we have maybe some answers to the cap, no cap question. Scott Levy says, He's got to keep the grumpy purple juice fresh. That's why he caps it up. All done with the purple juice. Got to keep the residue fresh as well. I like it. Uh, Vinny Smith there says, so Bailey will not score the rest of the playoffs. <laughs> Here's the thing, right, though. Josh Bailey, he played well in the playoffs last year. Um, I just think you got to give him credit for what we saw last night. That's all. I said it was a good goal. Yeah. I mean, but I'm not going to gush over him. I mean, I, I just, will. okay. I just, all right. He scored a good goal. 
Okay. Fair enough there. Mark S. there says, I always cap my drink. Grumpy old man getting some support. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing. I was taught by my mother. You go to parties like college parties and stuff, cap your drink. You never somebody's going to drop something in there. Who knows what the hell they put in your drinks when you went to school. Are you worried that someone's going to come by on your couch, the grumpy old man couch, and drop a pill in your drink? Are you afraid you're going to knock it off? I, I usually cap my drinks, but we're here, and I know we're just sitting right here, and I'm going to keep drinking from it. No need for me to cap my drink. I like Scott's response, Grump. You got to keep the you got to keep the grumpy purple juice fresh. Yeah, well, whatever. Toby O'Connor there says Wallstrom should switch with Uncle Leo. Yeah, and then people will be complaining how the how the third line's not any good anymore. Well, that's what happens when you're playing fourth liners up and down your lineup. That's what happens. You know what else they're going to complain about? They're going to complain that we can't win a faceoff on the first line, but maybe we'll have a little more offensive production. You know, here's the thing, right? It, are you really fixated on our first line needs to be able to win the faceoff? I, I could care less if we win any faceoffs. It's about scoring goals. The first line needs to score goals. It's not about winning faceoffs and playing defense. I hate to tell you, Barry. Yeah. Lou. Yeah. Well, again, like, are you. Exactly. Are you more worried about your first line winning the faceoff or scoring goals and contributing offensively? That, that's seriously a thought that I think has to cross the mind. Again, it's not a huge blaring issue at the moment, I guess, because you know it's not like at a critical time of the at, at the at the series. Well, that's that's an item that's seriously right. You think about uh, approach wise, that's 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 got to be something that's crossing your mind. Yeah, I mean, I, the first line has to score. Like I said, he doesn't even care if we score. Eh, we'll get a lucky goal here or there. We just play not – We it's like we play not to lose. That's the way we play. Mm. I'd rather play to win. D-Cut chimes in saying, sounds like Grumpy misses, his, misses average a bit more than he thought he would. Is that no. true, Grump? No, because I'd like to have Wallstrom on the first line regardless of averages here or not. I'd like to see Wallstrom with Barzell put average, put the totem pole on the second line with uh, with Bailey and Croc, and because they do, they do play well together. I think that line should be together. I don't. Anders Lee is no great shakes. He's an average. He's an average player, but he works well with Nelson and Bailey. Make them a line. Have somebody who's not afraid to shoot the puck on that first line like, like Wallstrom, and you'll see a lot more points from that line. Bavillier can play the third line with uh, with Pajot and insert name here starting next year. I'm sure Palmieri won't be back. And then the fourth line is what it is. Yeah, I was about to say, there's no way they bring back Palmieri unless he has an uh, an outstanding playoffs. It's still, again, I'd be very, very, very skeptical um, just because of age and the lack of performance in the regular season. Um, again, it all depends on how he does in the playoffs, but I could see people making a case if he goes off, you know, if we have a long playoff run where we've got, you know, 10, you know, 15 some odd games and he he's, he's averaging close to a point a game, I could see people arguing to bring him back. I don't want a 31-year-old signing a 31-year-old to a long-term contract. Don't we have enough of that garbage on the team? Yeah. Sorry. And it seems like the only way he can score goals or get any points is if he grows the beard. Lou won't let him grow the beard. Therefore, he won't score if they sign him back. Scott L. there says the six on four the Islanders had near the end of the game was horrendous. True. Too many pass first guys. No shooters. Nobody. One guy wants not afraid to shoot the puck. 
That's where we miss average. I will say that is plopping him in front of the net in those circumstances. You got a comment here, Grom, from D-Cut. And oh, he says, I've been saving pennies for my grumpy old man t-shirt, but it seems like TJ dropped the ball again. Yeah, that's right. I tell you, it should be – I'm telling you what the t-shirt should be. It should be grumpies, groupies with me just sitting here like this, like that. That's what the that's what the shirt should be. And I'll tell you what, D-Cut knows he's going to be the most popular guy in his neighborhood. Oh, Everyone's – whoa, what's that shirt? Where can I get one? That is so cool. I've got a different design in mind, and I think it's going to look good. It's we not going to look good. It's we. I trust me. It wasn't my design. I had to get help from Paige because I, I could spend hours trying to make a design. I just can't picture what it needs to look like. I could piece everything together once I've got the idea. Someone else gives me the idea, I get everything done. But uh, Grump, yes, here it is. This is it. No grumpies, groupies. That's it. That's that's the shirt. Oh, goodness gracious. Uh, Tommy Baffy said, I think the Islanders probably play the best, uh, their best game tomorrow night. And he also said, if my aunt had a set of balls, then she would be my uncle. Not sure what that means, but I get the saying, I guess. Maybe he's talking about Uncle Leo, that his aunt is a better player than him. <laughs> <laughs> um and patrick v said i want the i want the grumpy to be our coach our older players look tired can't afford to lose a home game i would start sorokin tomorrow good job guys let's go islanders patrick you're going to be disappointed the islanders couldn't afford me to be their coach i'm a little bit too realistic for them the old guys would have to be on they'd have to be on suicide watch not like this team where if you're an old guy you you know hey Everybody gets a gold watch. I give them their gold watch on the way out the door. Sorokin will not play tomorrow night, unfortunately. But let's go, Islanders. I 100% agree. Thank you, Patrick. <laughs> and Grumpy Old Man says, or uh, Tommy Baffy says, Grumpy Old Man and TJ, you want to come to our tailgate and broadcast live? Um, not sure. We, we're not in the area. Otherwise, we I'm sure we would. Um, Tommy's stupid. No, talking about getting us in. I don't know. I'll have to ask. I'll have to talk to Tommy afterwards. Um, TJ, game seven wedding. I know. I know. I told Paige, I said, oh, man, we get married that Friday. I said, you know, we might. What time does the wedding start? I asked her. I said, is there any way we can go ahead and get, you know, some the venue to play the game in some capacity? Instead of dancing, we could be like intensely watching the Islanders game seven if it is. I said, it can't go seven games. Can I? This game can seven. I, can I just say something to you? I hope you didn't ask her that, even in a joking way. Oh, for certain I did in a joking way. It was funny. Did she find it funny? Oh, she laughed. Very funny, Grump. I'm going to bet she did not. It was probably a scoff like, what are you, a moron? <laughs> I'm just going to say your your wedding, your marriage be off to a rocky start, if that's what you said. Tara. Oh, thank you, Grumpy. And Tommy B also says, can TJ and the Grumpy Man go live at the wedding? LOL. I don't know if we'll do that. They'll be sure loud and crazy. Uh, D-Cut says, TJ has the bladder of an 80-year-old man. For certain, I do. That's what it seems like. Um, John P. there says, Grumpy Old Man in the Clash. I saw the Clash at Shea Stadium in 1983. They warmed up for the hoop, but then he said, oh, crap, I thought that was a Clash shirt. So sorry, Grumpy. I saw them, too. I thought it was 1982, actually, not 83. I thought it was 82 that they played with... Uh, with the who I was there, David Johansson also played, which was who actually was 
David Johansson used to be with the New York Dolls. Uh, he was Buster Poindexter, and his big song then was uh, "Gonna Go on Fire." Hot, hot, hot. That was his. That was his big song. And then the Clash and the Who, and the Who were great when I saw them. And the Clash was good too. And the whole thing, you know, they had that uh, uh, rock the Casbah, and they show in the video. They show the the Jets coming over the top. Well, they actually had that when they sang that song. I don't know how they pulled that off. They have it perfectly timed. They had it perfectly timed, which I thought was mighty cool. Now, of course, you know, uh, I was uh, a little chemically enhanced perhaps, but it was still mighty cool. And The Clash was really good. I love The Clash. and uh, But The Who was great. Daltrey was great. Towns and the whole bunch. It, they, it was a really good show. Really good. Coach Tommy B said no more bathroom breaks allowed during the show. Get a urine bag. And Coach Tommy B has another question. What do you have to pee during the middle of his wedding? Good question. I, I think that is a very good opportunity, very good chance that'll have to happen. Uh, excuse told, me. Told the pastor, we got to keep the sermon at a very, very low limit because I'm going to have to use the bathroom if you talk too loud, too long. Look, uh, TJ, do you take page to be your lawfully wedded? What? Excuse me one second. <laughs> Hustling down there to take a break. It's like, oh my God, pee in your pants. Uh, Why do they put, make those tuxes black? Oh, goodness. Uh, and then Scott Levy also says, I say play Bavillier on the first line there with Barzal. We know there's chemistry between the two. Move Wally to the second line and Uncle Leo to the third line. Um, I I mean, that could work, but I'd much rather just move Wallstrom. Just not have too many moving parts. Put Wallstrom on uh, the first line and Leo on the third line. Well, he's saying, right? He wants, you know, we know Bavillier and Barzal have chemistry already. So we can always ignite that. Again, Wallstrom and Barzal have never really played it. We don't know what type of chemistry they have. We don't know how long it will take them to establish anything like that. We know Bavillier and Barzal in, in Eberly have chemistry. That, remember, that was a playoff lineup last year at times. Yeah. Um, I just, I mean, I, I know that Barry does not like to change up. If he's going to make changes on the line, he doesn't like to change everything up. It's like one change. So if he just flip flop the two guys, that constitutes one change. As opposed to saying second goes to first, first goes to third, third goes to second. You know, it's just one guy flips. And Coach Tommy B there says, will grumpy old man wear the Lloyd Christmas tuxedo for TJ's wedding? Oh, goodness. I forget if he had... I, I forget if he was, if he was the blue one or if he was the orange one. He was. He was. Oh man, that's a good question, Grumpy Old Man. Lloyd was. Who was 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 Jim Carrey Lloyd or Jeff Daniels Lloyd? I forget. I forget now. But yeah, I mean they were good. They were those were good tuxes, without a doubt. Grumpy, as I'm getting that poll there, Scott Levy also says there, uh, million dollar man Ted Diviasi. Virgil. Was that who it was Virgil? Well, Ver he okay. Ted DiBiase was the million dollar man, an absolutely spectacular character in the World Wrestling Federation back in the day. And he had a little manservant named Virgil, named Virgil, uh, who was actually, uh, I believe his name was Mike Jones. He was a black wrestler from down south. And they used the name Virgil because that was Dusty Rhodes' real name. Uh, uh -huh. Yes, I don't remember who's who. Um, and uh, Dusty Dusty Rose's real name was Virgil, so they made him, you know, in the storyline, the servant of uh, Ted DiBiase. And he would, you know, 
and Virgil would have the cash. Just anytime he says Virgil, and he'd just snap out the cash. I mean, it was great. The vignettes that they did back then were fantastic. The little bits, I'm sure. Um, and uh, Brian J there says, anyone see that Taylor Hall goal? Yeah, man, he was not. Oh, I don't know if it was today or if he's talking it's, about. It's, it's got to be today, I assume. Then I'm going to say, no, I did not see that goal because the game was nothing, nothing when we started the podcast. But he had a nice goal um, to send that game to overtime uh, two nights ago as well. I mean, right now, right now, the game between Boston as well as the Washington Capitals is 2-2. You want to talk about a close series. That is a series where they're going to beat the hell out of each other. I have to feel like that series is going seven games. Yeah. Well, it all depends. Uh, if Washington wins tonight, uh, I could see them take – Samsonov was back, and he was fantastic early on. They killed off like a minute and a half, five-on-three penalty. That was their advantage, right? Boston's advantage was having uh, uh, the fact that uh, – Anderson, Craig Anderson was in goal for Washington. And now Samsonov's back from COVID for the second time this year. And uh, he seems to be doing the job tonight. Well, it's 2 2. Uh, yes. Yeah, so again, we haven't watched. Can't really make too much comment on it. Uh, Luis F there says, How about taking Leo out and putting in Zajac? Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Leo is a, is a Barry guy. He's going to play him come hell or high water on the first line. Yeah. What a failure. What an epic failure. Scott L also says, although the telecast Mush Mouth McGuire was in full bloom, Penguins love about everything Crosby and his line was amazing. He made Yari uh, to be the next. Was that Grump? Jari. Jari. I don't know. I'm going to pronounce him Yari still. Jari to be the next Hall of Famer. He gave the Outers very little credit. Can't stand Mush Mouth McGuire. I don't dislike Pierre Maguire, but he certainly has himself some love for Pittsburgh. Uh, and he was making I, – I, he must have forgotten Jari's performance in the previous game where he was like the human sib out there. Uh, I mean, I thought he played okay yesterday. I don't think he was spectacular. I mean, he made a couple – I think he makes saves that look better than they really are. Um but he was treating him like he was fantastic last night, where I didn't think he was. And nobody gives the Islanders credit. Why should you? They don't do anything spectacular. Nobody stands out. The one guy that they have who has that ability to stand out, they try to shackle him by putting Leo Komarov on his line, and it's working so far. Brian J says, don't ever talk about the doc. He's the man. Grumpy would love him. Yeah, the two-time back-to-back, six-foot-seven, 37-inch vertical doctor disrespect. Um, much love to him. So no, not trashing on Doctor Disrespect. I know Grumpy has no idea who he is, but I, I, I feel like Grumpy would enjoy Doctor Disrespect. Um, Robin Stewart said, "Let's give some respect to the Islanders. Got split in Pittsburgh. We now have a uh, home ice in the series for certain. That's exactly what we were talking about earlier on. If yeah. you would have told me starting the series we were going to go one in one against Pittsburgh on the road, I would be happy with that result. Yep, that's what you want. You want to split the first two." <laughs> Brian P there says, I'm late arriving. What's up, fellas? Guess what? Breaking news. Leo on the first line sucks. Ding dongs. <laughs> True there. True words never been spoken. Oh. He's, I mean, they say how Pittsburgh's doing a job. Barry Trotz is doing the best job by nullifying Matt Barzell. He's letting him play with Leo Komarov on the first line. 
Robin there says, as usual, they hate everyone and everything. Seems like they were born in the wrong city. What? No, we've been loving on the Islanders today. I don't understand. I don't understand. I, I don't either. Scott Levy says, TJ, you're diabetic. Uh, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> no, I am not a diabetic. Just must have a really small bladder. I just drink an awful lot. I mean, this right here fits two family-sized bottle of wines. I'm not sure how many ounces that converts to, but it fits a family-sized bottle of wine. I do know that. So it fits what? two bottles of wine. What family-sized bottle? There's no such thing as a family-sized bottle of wine. What the hell kind of family do you belong to? We've gone over that. Family-sized bottle of wine, just two bottles of wine. I know it fits. However many fluid ounces is in two bottles of wine, that's what it fits, I know, comfortably. Um, uh, Lewis, or Luis F. also saying there, uh, our power play is horrible and has been throughout the season. Yeah, I'll tell you. Uh, one of those things where Need if we were to get a little bit of momentum on the power play, I think we would it'd be a much different story, but you know, we're not utilizing, we're not utilizing Paul Mary in the right spot either. Yeah. We need more shooters. We need more shooters, not guys who just like to pleasure themselves with the puck. Robin's hey. saying Kleenex. I, I had to read it. I know it's the same exact, virtually the same exact comment as earlier, but I like the phrasing on this one. Kleenex could make a fortune off this crowd. It's a series. We got a split in Pittsburgh. I don't think anybody's crying about, you know, splitting in Pittsburgh. I'm happy we split in Pittsburgh. That's what you hope for. You hope to split, unless you're Tampa Bay, where you go in and beat a team two in a row. That's the best you hope for. You're the you're the road team. You hope to split, and now you got home ice advantage. We even said Islander fans in general are going to want you to win four nothing every series. It's just not realistic. Not it happen. doesn't happen. It's not going to happen. Brett W said, "I'm flying up this weekend and going to the barn on Saturday. We're definitely we definitely need to be loud." Yeah, I think the fans play play a big part in the Islanders' success at home. I really do. I think we're going to come out and play great tomorrow. I think we win tomorrow. I mean, I, I really do. If we lose tomorrow, well, I think we're in trouble. But I, th I think that we'll play well tomorrow. We'll win. Mm -hmm. Brian P. also said, our game is slow and boring. For certain it is. Uh, and Sorry, go ahead, Grom. Uh, true words were, have never been spoken. Mm -hmm. And Luis F. there says, uh, Jari's weakness is glove hand. Uh, notice all goals have been scored on Jari's left side. Yeah, yeah you were talking about that. Grump and I were before the podcast and yesterday too. Yeah, let's uh, let's give the Islanders' uh, advanced scouting team some credit. They've noticed a weakness in him, and we've been exploiting it without a doubt. Every single goal has been the same spot. Every single goal. Gotcha. Absolutely there. Um Started to see the Walrus, Wallstrom, playing smart hockey in Latang's grill. Wallstrom's not afraid to mix it up with anybody. No, he's not. That's one thing, right? You see some rookies when they enter the league, you know, they're kind of a little timid. They're kind of a little timid. They're a little shy. Um, I have some angst about their game. Not at all with that kid. And that's one thing you love to see. He's going to be a fierce, he's going to be a fierce NHLer. And he's going to be one of those guys that would die for a team. You could just tell he's got he's got that about his game and style already. He's going to be here a long time. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. going to be a fan favorite. The production is going to be there. Even if the production wouldn't wasn't going to be there, his actions and the way he conducts himself on the ice would make him a fan favorite too. I really do feel that. And he's su supposedly very, very happy all the time. Uh, and you can never have too many of those people. Uh, he's not Mike Bossy, but he's going to be pretty good. 
we talk about who might win the comment of the day the comment mvp uh robin stewart there says uncle leo for the heart trophy i could not agree more let's go ahead and give a round of applause to uncle leo heart trophy i don't even know if he made the finalist if he's i don't think he was a finalist so uh, i think he was robbed in that capacity grumble i think he got negative votes for the heart trophy really he sucks Wow. <laughs> oh goodness gracious coach tommy b had a prediction five to two islanders tomorrow night in game three i think we win i'm not going to predict the score brian b said are we talking about the same islanders i don't know it was a while ago that comment was made so maybe i just i uh, i sorry i do apologize i'm not sure exactly what that's referring to brian b but what do you say always about brian b grump he's my brother from another mother as always, um, Nick D said, if Barzal wants to win the Art Ross, um, do you think he'll get it with the Islanders or do you think he'll have to go somewhere else? Pelic was unreal last night. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Pelic was unreal last night. He really showed how good he was or is. Yep. Pelic's played well. He's uh, showed physicality. Uh, I mean, he's made some mistakes out there too. Um, but, you know, he and uh, Pulak are a really stellar first pairing. No problem there, as opposed to the Matt Barzell and the Art Ross Trophy. Uh, that's never going to happen here. I mean, there's no way that he's ever going to lead the league in scoring playing for this team. Never. Ever. And Robert Stewart said there, Bailey and Crosby tied in goals. And also says, bury this, bury that. Let's get rid of them and start missing the playoffs again. Uh, you don't have, you know what? I'm not afraid to take a step back to take two steps forward. Uh, as opposed to that, Robin, would you rather have Bailey or Crosby on your team? Probably. Be Bailey. I'd rather have Bailey because Bailey's a, he's a loyal guy. He's a smart hockey player too. Damn it. Bailey's yeah. a smartest hockey player. He's got unbelievable hockey intellect. Josh Bailey over anyone. Josh Bailey over McDavid. Josh Bailey over Crosby. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, even Robin knows that you're taking Sidney Crosby over Josh Bailey, please. Mm -hmm. That's like saying that you wouldn't take Patrick Kane over Anders Lee. <laughs> uh, and here we freaking go. Uh, That's low-hanging fruit, my friend. Brian P. said Kessler fell off a cliff fast. He wasn't a great skater either. Yeah, I was about to say, when he fell off, he fell off. I mean, he's also a guy who had a lot of injuries in his uh -huh. career, too. Okay, he was a really good skater, and he had the torn labrum in his hip. That's what ended. That's what wound up ending his career. He had multiple hip surgeries earlier in his career before he had that torn labrum. Uh, he was a really, really good skater. But you know, I mean, his style. I loved Ryan Kessler. I thought he was fantastic. Could do everything. Everything. Gotcha. D cut also said, Michael M, you forgot about me. D cut, you forgot about D cut there, always chiming into. Um, and oh goodness. It could be because that D cut was incognito wearing those glasses. Oh, that's what it is there. Brian P said, you know you suck when Kamrov beats you out for a spot, Zajac. Oh yeah, man. that's like all that old Jeff Foxworthy. You might be a redneck gift. You might suck as a player if Leo Kamrov beats you out. There oh, you go. Goodness. Um, Scott Levy also says, you guys think having the last change for the next two games will make a difference? It couldn't hurt. I mean, I'm sure he's going to roll out the fourth line to play every other shift. That's what he likes to do. 
Um, and then Helen Yeller says there, Nelson and Eberly needs to step up. Um, Nelson's not been real. Here's the thing. Nelson showed yeah. flashes. I think Eberly has been non-existent, just like Matt Barzal, just like Leo Kamov. Everybody on the first line has been non-existent, a non-factor. Well, that's what happens when you're playing two guys on your front, on your forward line. Uh, Nelson, I was going to say, say, he's not been great, but he's been playing his role, which is playing solid defense, and he has been doing that. Hmm. Gotcha, grumpy old man. Um, uh, it's very important. And then Robin also says there, I think it's very important for a coach to have an edge. Um, we'll handle business, and Boston and Washington will beat each other up. By the way, Washington is looking good right now. Yeah, I, I mean, Washington. It's going to be going to overtime, by the way, Grumpy. Sorry to interrupt. Okay. Uh, Washington uh, is a real heavy team, and they've been banging uh, Boston. Boston's been playing dirty, honestly. Uh, Tom, I hate him. Love him, hate him. Man, Tom Wilson's been playing well in that series so far. Got to give credit where credit's due. He's been playing well. And then Scott Levy also says Sam Bennett has made a huge difference in the Florida lineup, just like Hall in Boston. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know he got a suspension uh, for a hit on one of the Tampa players. I don't know if it was for the last game that just played or the next game coming up, but it is a loss for them. Uh, Robin also says there, 77 on Pittsburgh looks solid too. Yeah, for uh, a 36-year-old, he's doing the job, right? Yeah, you're not kidding there. Um, and then Brian P. also said, that's right, Mike. I have to argue with fans that tell me that Komarov works on the first line. It's criminal that Leo is still playing on the first line in the NHL. Unless he's serving drinks to the first line, guys, he's useless. He's he's, useless. he's not a first line player. Sorry, he's not. Anybody who tells you, is they're, sorry, they're wrong. Ryan K there says Barzal hates the system and is fed up playing with bums. You can see it in his demeanor. Barzal may be in Seattle in two years when the Islanders can't match the Seattle offer for nine to ten million. Well, that would be a colossal mistake on that on their part. I thought that they should have done more to lock him up long-term buyout years in free agency. They chose not to. He has one more year of restricted free agency after this contract is up. Let's see what happens. Gotcha. I do. I do feel that they're gonna at some point gonna have to loosen up the strings on him a little bit and let him play his style. D cut then says grumpy. Almost two hours in and no mention of Casper and the three amigos. All I know is Connor McDavid has been uh, called up to the Washington team. Uh, where's Simon yeah. Holmstrom? You remember where's Waldo? It's like where's Casper? What do you think he is right now? Well, well, I'll tell you one thing. McMichael's not actually playing. I know there were a few tweets out there saying, oh, he's going to be a dark horse. He's going to be this during a playoff run of that during a playoff run. I'm like, yeah, let's go ahead and reserve some of that here, huh? There's no way McMichael's going to make a huge playoff there push when you know he barely got any playing time there during the regular season. You know, not saying next year he won't be there, but uh, yeah, where's Waldo? Where's Simon Holmstrom? Um and John P. said, you're right, Grumpy Old Man. It was 1982. My bad. Yeah. I even bought one of those concert shirts. I don't even think I could fit my arm in it now. <laughs> Brian P. there says, totally agree, Grump. For now, I put Brock with Barzal and Wallstrom. 
Bavillier, Pajot, and Paul Mary. A third line there of Bailey, Casey, and Eberly. And you got a fourth line of Martin, Zajac, and Komarov. Oof, that's a line. lot of moving around. That's a lot of moving around. That fourth line is yikes. Yeah, you're not going to see that. You won't see that. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Um, Robin Stewart also says the wall wrist looks best on the right hand uh, with a right hand center. Uh, that's why uh, Pajot is a good match. Uh, lots of ice time, too. I expect one big game out of him this series. I hope he's right. I'm hoping for more than one big game this series. <laughs> D-Cut also said, shout out to Islanders Misery, rated R, always support. TJ and the Grumpy Old Man, always thanks there, D-Cut. Um, Nick D also says there, Jim Carrey was Lloyd. Okay, I wasn't sure who it was. <laughs> I mean, that, that was a great that was a great comedy, too. Totally broad comedy. Really, it was funny. <laughs> that movie's not winning any Academy Awards, but it's going to make people laugh. Uh, pretty birdie, pretty birdie, pretty birdie. The blind kid with the bird is dead. Uh, Nick D also said the Oilers always calls them the Coilers, and the Jets are starting in five minutes with no fans. Oh wow, I didn't know they had no fans. That's Canada for you. I mean, uh, well, no comment on that. Well, thank you, Grump. Moving right along there, Robin Stewart said Yari bad or Islander shooters good. Uh, Yari. Yari really bad. Yeah, Jari was bad game one. Second game, you know, did a good job. Uh, game one was bad. Definitely in the few weekies. Um, Brian B also says there, this team does not deserve to win playing with Leo on the top line, and we won't. And he also said his comment earlier about, are we looking at the same Islanders? He said the comment was regarding the 5-2 to two Islanders prediction of a win. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't think we're capable of scoring five goals in a game. Well, well, I shouldn't say that. If Jari's in net, we have a possibility. <sighs> Goodness gracious. D-Cut also says, Grump, Jay Rich, and I got tickets for game six. Uh, will be there even? Uh, will there even be a game six? Please say yes, Grumpstradamus. There will be a game six, and you will get to go. <laughs> That's your prediction, huh, Grump? I don't, I don't see either team winning the next three games. <laughs> Here's the thing. I hope not. That's all I got to say. But the longer the series goes, the better for the Islanders. Yeah. Um, Scott Levy says, Uncle Leo's new name, Hart Ross Leo. I'm unopposed. Hart Ross Leo. Lollipop. Oh, yeah, I'm just going to stick with Lollipop. And then Robin Stewart also said, Wallstrom and Dobson, back-to-back picks in the same round, a year ahead of schedule. Okay. I, I don't know. Players are playing younger and younger all the time. You got to get the most you can out of those entry level deals. I like this. Robin also says, uh, "That's like asking if you want to trade your kid for the neighbor's kid." The Bailey to Crosby comments. <laughs> well, if you're playing a game and your kid sucks and the neighbor's kid is good, guess what? My kid's getting picked last, and I'm picking the other kid first. <laughs> you're trying to win. You're trying to win. It's not about hey, who do I like best? I'm trying to win. Oh, goodness gracious. Uh, who the hell would – oh, come on. Come on. Now. Kucherov scored more points in his first game this year than Komarov and Zajac did in 31 games on Barzal's line. Well, it's like, you know what? It just – they shouldn't even have – they shouldn't even put those guys in line. They should just have Barzal, Eberly, and insert name here. Just play a man short. It's what they're doing anyway. What's the difference? Oh, goodness, Crump. Well – we made it through all the comments. The first time we've been able to do that in a while, Grump. That's what do you have to say? 
Was that that's because you've been you've been butchering the comments recently. Well, we took control. We did what we're supposed to do with the comments today, Grump. We got it completed. That being said, Grumpy, what else do you have to say here? We're gonna have two games before we're gonna have two games before our next podcast, Grumpy Old Man. We're gonna have a game tomorrow, Thursday, and Saturday afternoon. So we're gonna be going live Saturday evening. Again, we will have a TJ and a Grumpy Old Man tomorrow. The podcast you can find in the link in the description below. But Grumpy, what are your predictions here for the next two games? Both home games for the Islanders on Thursday and Saturday. Um, oh, I wanted to know your predictions first. I'd like to ask you for prediction first. Usually you piggyback off of mine as to not look stupid. So I'm going to give you a shot to step out on your own. What do you think? 2-0 Islanders. 2-0? You think we're going to shut them out? I think we're going to beat them both games. Oh, we're going okay. to come away with two wins out of the two games we have at home at the Coliseum. I right. think Varlamov plays game I think Varlamov plays game three, uh, does an okay, adequate job, lets it maybe you know a week or two. Because, again, Pittsburgh's had his number. And I think maybe Sorokin gets game four. I think we're going to split. I think we win tomorrow and lose Saturday. I think I think this game, this series has a chance to go seven games, so that you miss out uh, watching game game seven. Wedding? Oh God Almighty! Oh well, as long as we win Game Seven, I don't miss out on the last Islander game of the year. I'll be okay. There's always don't you watch? Don't you watch some of these phones on your game? On your uh, don't you watch some of these games on your phone? I watch all the games on my phone, Grump. As I told how can you see anything? How can you see anything? Really simple. I hold it like this and watch. Oh, my God. Mm, grumpy old man. Well, you go one and one. I'm thinking two and oh. I really do think that we're going to be able to carry some momentum um, in these next two games, these home games like that. Uh, grumpy old man. Anything else you want to say before we wrap things up on today's podcast live stream? I just want to say love and laughter to everyone who listened and even those who don't from TJ and the grumpy old man. Well, thanks, Crumpy. I, you know, that will be a, that will be a comment that uh, always leaves me questioning. You wish well to the people who don't listen. They don't even know if you're listening, Grumpy. They don't even they don't even know about that comment if they're not listening. But I guess you know you expect people to tell that the grumpy old man wishes you well. Yeah, I just care for everybody. What the heck can I tell you? Fair enough, Grump. Fair enough. I well, want people to be happy like me. Hmm. There it is. And Brian B said, great show, guys. Um, Brian P, really quick, last two comments said, D-Cut, unfortunately, that will be the last Islanders game of the year. We're losing game six. Oh, funny, funny. The, uh, Brian P. Well, thank you, Grumpy Old Man, for being a part of the podcast, as always. My pleasure. And thank you, everybody who tuned into the live stream again. Grumpy Old Man and I greatly appreciate that. It's a one-to-one tied series against the Pittsburgh Penguins. We've got two home games upcoming against the Penguins. Got to make them count. Power, speed, momentum. Grump, thank you again for being part of the podcast. You got it.